MMR's President Seed Podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping, you want towels? Want towels. Need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want in for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You listen to every damn Morrison. Words are like bullets. Plus, Casey Boy. Lay off me, I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you all. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Our next guest is in the studio, and uh, we were actually talking about her last week. Yes. As we had Chevy Chase on the program mm-hmm. to talk about uh, Christmas Vacation. He was doing a, a Q&A uh, session in Atlantic City, and Casey had mentioned the fact that we were going to have her here. Uh, she played the role of Ruby Sue in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Lives in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ellen Latson. Yeah. Is here in our studio. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, guys. Nice. How are we? We're wonderful. How are you? Excellent. Thank and you. by the way, 17 weeks along in your pregnancy. Yes, indeed. And this is your first one? It is my first one. Very how, exciting. How right? do we feel? We feel well. Um, you know, first trimester is always the worst. But yeah. Second, feeling a lot better. Just I, trying to get a lot of sleep. Well, by the way, yeah, I, I know you keep a blog and, and uh, roadtomama.com is your website. Cool. Yes. People can follow along. And uh, that's cool that you're, that you're uh, you know, chronicling what's happening. Uh, but we definitely want to ask about Christmas vacation a little bit. It is... Go ahead. The time of year. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's the clip. A very tender moment with uh, Ellen, her character Ruby Sue, with Clark uh, Chevy Chase, and she asks him about Santa Claus. Uncle Clark, are you Santa Claus? Oh, man. <laughs> it's just adorable. How old were you when you shot the film? I was not quite nine. Okay. And had you done some roles before then? Yeah. Um, so I, I got my start as the daughter in Fatal Attraction. Oh, oh that's that's right. right. We'd heard about Yes. It. Yeah, my money was boiled. So basically the, the same story, though, Christmas vacation. Uh, totally. Well, let me ask you, because we're looking at a, a screen capture, and when you are talking to Uncle Clark, you are holding a stuffed animal, are you not? It's different than okay. my uni. So uh, uni was the, <clears throat> excuse me, the stuffed animal that I had in Fatal Attraction. It was my my own personal oh, okay. unicorn that my grandfather had given me when I was two years old and my most prized possession. Um, so, no, uni did not make a, uh, okay. an appearance in, in Christmas Vacation. In Christmas Vacation, did they have you, was that a wig you were wearing? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's a mop. My, yeah. well, well, what's funny about it is that the, the hair that I had back in 1989 was, and I know my mom's going to kill me for saying this because this has been a, uh, oh, there I am right there. Yeah. Um, this has been a, a running argument with us for decades, but uh, what she called a bob, she yeah. cut my own hair, but it was a mullet. Oh, <laughs> my God. So she did it and screwed it up. So, uh, no, I mean, no, it was perfect. <laughs> according to what she wanted it to look like. But, um, yeah, so I... And what's ironic to me about 
you know, the fact that they wanted to put me in a wig was that I was supposed to be white trash. And so I was like, <laughs> I thought the hair was perfect, but, you know, apparently they didn't think so. So it was a wig. So uh, this movie has, uh, you know, it was always, it was great from the get-go. It was hilarious. It was one of those rare follow-up films that did as well or better than the original because it, it came out after National Lampoon's Vacation, which was huge and hilarious. And ticked off all the right things. And then this one came along and you're like, wow, this is as yeah. good or better, which a lot of times does not happen. And has now entered the pantheon of must views around Christmas and has been for a long time. And, you know, I've just recently, they've really stepped up airing it a lot, it I think, every anyway, day. From, from what I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because they used to kind of have a, a lock on, you know, which networks sort of own the rights or, you know, whatever it was because it really only be on TV, network TV, once a year. Mm-hmm. But now it's on a lot of different streaming channel, you know, uh, streaming platforms that I see, which I'm like, great, you know, let's get the, get the, <laughs> yeah. the royalties rolling in. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and they just, I know that you guys had covered the fact that, and I think that that was how, it was, how I found out about it was from your show, the fact that uh, they they were doing the 24-hour marathon uh, right after Thanksgiving. Which yeah. Is like, I'll take that all day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at nine years old, um, uh, you've got to have plenty of memories. That's not like young enough to where you're like, eh, I don't really recall a lot of that. But I bet you remember quite a bit of that oh, experience. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I as I was saying to Kathy, I, I remember a lot of, of my acting. You know, I started when I was six years old and... and you know, at, at starting acting at, at such a young age, it makes you mature. And so I think that I was, you know, really cognizant of, of the things that were going along. You had to be observant. Head. Yeah. You're also working sure. with adults, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so I had to be kind of a young adult from, from such a young age. But um, it it gave me the opportunity to really like to observe like you said but sure. yes, I have tons of memories when I look back on memories of my own life when I'm uh, 9, 10, 11 years old I, I, I will often those memories are informed by uh, pictures and or video are your memories of doing Christmas Vacation informed by the movie itself or do you have separate memories that are just yours of nothing to do with actually watching the movie seeing it afterwards I would say both I mean you know there were, I, would, I was I was living my life yeah. outside of the set and um, you know so a perfect example is where we were staying. It was it was filmed in Burbank at uh, Warner Brothers Studios, and we were staying up the road at um, a place called the Oakwood Apartments, which is actually a, a sort of a famous place. It's where Corey Haim died, and yeah. you know a lot of people have lived over the years, and so. Um, you know, we we had a whole life that we lived outside of of the set, and so I have tons of memories of being at the Oakwood and and meeting and becoming very good friends with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Elijah uh, Wood and his older brother Zach, and you know, so like running around there and being you know a, a nine year old and a thirteen year old as my older sister was when we were cruising around. But you were all contemporaries at that point. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, you know, which was cool. I mean, yeah. you know, and it was the 80s, so it was quite a time to be alive. But, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it, but that's a good question, Nick. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that having access to watching the movie and seeing it all the time, it definitely does kind of fire those synapses to be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, looking at a prop or, you know, a certain part of the set and being brought to certain memories. So, yeah. Well, and the funny thing is that and we tend to think this when someone's on a movie, we think, oh, you know, our, our default perception is, oh, they must be there every day mm-hmm. uh, seeing everything that's going on. But there were certain scenes you were in and certain scenes you were not required to be on, on set. But, but what was the ratio of the times you were uh, required to be on set? I mean... From my recollection, you know, I, I was there all the time. Okay. And, you know, there were certainly times that um, we 
like I, I was I was on call, but you know, not filming and certainly around to, to be able to watch certain scenes. But you know what one one sort of example is that there was a different sound stage that they used for um uh, Margot and Todd's house. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I think it was my last day on set. Um, you know, I was leaving and sort of saying goodbye and, and I wanted to meet Julia Louis-Dreyfus and so they brought me onto that soundstage so that I could meet her. And then I'm like, okay, see you. Like, I'm flying back to New York now, so. That's wild. That's yeah. pretty cool. I, I mean, listen, I love the movie so much that any sort of, um, uh, little tidbit. in, in, tidbits yeah. of information. I just I, I I can't get enough of it. And the fact that it was my, one of my favorite movies of all time is Lethal Weapon. So the fact that that, that it was Murtaugh's house is is is, <laughs> yeah. the, is the Griswold house is awesome. But also another little piece of information that I love is uh, in the very beginning of the movie when Clark and the Griswolds have that run in with those dudes in the pickup truck. The pickup truck that they're wearing, that they're driving in is Kurt Russell's pickup truck from Overboard. <laughs> did you know that? I, you know, I did you guys talk about that on the show because I feel like I I may have heard that. He's right. Well, you is, know what's yeah. funny about that too is that <clears throat> excuse me, when I was watching the movie, I don't know, uh, few weeks ago, I noticed for the first time that that truck is a four-door, which is, like, so random. Yeah. yeah. Like, I never noticed that before. <laughs> um, but no, I did not know that about Kurt well, Russell. There's actually this, I think, I don't know what's made it that much more robust this year, but it, maybe it's because I don't think we, it's literally on every, every night. It, you, there's some place to watch it now <laughs> immediately, as you're talking about, all those streaming services, so on and so forth. But all these things are coming out, and apparently there is this legendary scene that was shot just before they, and you would not have been there for this, but when they go to cut their own tree, there was an exchange with a guy who was running the um, the, the farm where you went and cut your own tree that mm-hmm. was extended a little bit more, and he was a real you know, seedy kind of guy. So was, was there anything that you shot that you remember not ending up in, in the film? Oh, God. That's a good question. Um... Jeez, I'm sure that there are examples, but like off the top of my head, I like can't. Like did Glenn Close come storming in? <laughs> right, totally. You know, they, they they cut out the part where you know they they boil snots. But, um, it's so, so disgusting. Well, with Christmas uh, around the corner, and you, you do cameos. So do do the cameos like skip up after like around this? You time know, of year? this this is the second year that I'll be doing them, and I was actually really surprised that they didn't go off last year. So I'm kind of hoping that this will help boost some sales. But right. um, yeah, they've they've That'd been be awesome. kind of coming up. And, and, you know, this is my opportunity to say, hey, Christmas is right around the corner, so why not give the gift of Ruby Sue? Um, but, yeah, you know, it's funny because when I first signed up, they said, oh, you know, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to get Chevy on here and Beverly's on here and, and Miriam Flynn. And we'd love to do some sort of a, of a reunion. And I'm like, that's great. Put that together. I would totally do that. Miriam Flynn is your, your mom. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and she was a great character actress. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and she's, she's still alive. She's oh, still yeah. Working. Okay. Uh, because she, she popped up in a whole bunch of stuff. What were your recollections? Chevy was very complimentary about Randy Quaid. What was your memories of? Uh... You know, I have I have sort of the fewest memories of Randy. I think okay. that I I interacted with him the least, but he w- he was always super nice and you know great guy. And it's funny because when um, the doo doo hit the fan with him, you know, like yeah. a decade or so ago. Um, 
I was living and working in San Francisco and, and some like hard copied inside edition type show oh. like f- came out of the woodwork and reached called, out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through my work phone, which I was like, how the <laughs> hell did you find me? But they, you know, they were like, we would like you to come on and talk about Randy. And I think that they were hoping that I would say all these salacious things. And right. I'm like, they didn't end up airing it because I said, you know, he was a really nice guy and I can't <laughs> really oh, say damn anything to write. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. What we want. The uh, uh, Harry Potter, you know, they had this uh, 25th anniversary reunion thing, and it, w- it was really great. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, there, there were very few kids on the set of uh, of Christmas Vacation. There were a handful of them. But they uh, one of the things they were rem- reminiscing about was how the adults were really accommodating to the kids and really playing to them and having fun. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. From you know, the crew and cast? For sure. Yeah. Um, every, it, we, we, it sounds cliche but we really were a big family. It was a total ensemble cast, and, and the crew was all very tight. And Seasoned pros. I mean, you, the, 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 oh, yeah. the, the grandparents, as Preston pointed out, you know, when we're talking to Chevy, you had some of the great character actors of yeah. all time. Oh, yeah, Doris yeah. Roberts yeah. and, and Diane Ladd. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, every, and everybody was wonderful. You know, Meg Questel was just like a doll. She was, I mean, Aww. the great part you can see, because she's been, she would been in, in films for the longest time, and you could see her when she, she would move her body, she was moving it in, in, in the old style yeah. um, Betty Boop. Betty yeah, Boop totally. way, yeah. Voice of Betty Boop, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and, and, you know, it should be noted that actually there, there, there were, so even though there were, I guess, four kids total in the movie, um, and Cody Berger being one of them, who I am still in touch with, he played Rocky. How old was Johnny Galecki? Yeah. Johnny was 14 at okay. the time, I think, and I had the biggest crush on him. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny because, like, I I am mortified myself when I go back and watch the movie and see all the times where I, like, want to be next to him. And I'm, like, putting my hand <laughs> on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so obvious. Um, but, you know, uh, Johnny actually had a bunch of siblings. And we, uh, Cody lived um, in the Valley, so he, did, he wasn't at the Oakwood. But the rest of us were staying um staying there and we became friends with with his you know the Galeckis and he had a bunch of siblings and so even though they weren't in the movie I felt like we you know and my sister as well there were a bunch of kids that were around but yeah I mean all the adults were super accommodating and really sweet and somebody texted in and wanted to know are her eyes still uncrossed (laughs) (laughs) and I can say yes unequivocally right did you have to to do schooling on on, on set oh yeah of course I mean you know any time I was I was working and it was during the school year I would I would have a tutor. How long was the filming? How long did it last? It's like three months. And was, when did they shoot? Uh, like May to July, okay. I think. I remember rapping before I turned nine, which is in late July. Unless I'm incorrect, I believe the movie came out in the summer when when I December first. Was it December first? Oh, okay. I for some reason I remember sitting in, and not unless I went back to see it again. Uh, but yeah, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay, I, I've always had a perception date. of seeing it that way. But as Preston said, instantly it became a. It was so spot on. John, you know the John Hughes material, and and initially I know he. he uh, he had written um, that was they, all that stuff came from the National Lampoon. Yep, and uh, and uh, so was was he around at any time, John Hughes? Not really. I mean, I met with him during the casting process, um, and he was a doll. Yeah, but what's that like? And do you have any recollections of of that whole? I do. Uh, so one of the reasons why I was brought in at all was because um, you know besides the fact that I was a brilliant young actress, but <laughs> you know, um, start uh, fatal attraction stole the movie. Uh, th- totally. Yeah. Thank you. So the the casting directors 
for Christmas Vacation were the same as Fatal Attraction. Uh, Risa Brayman Hopkins and, uh, or sorry, Risa Brayman and Billy Hopkins. Um, and so they had a relationship with me and they knew that I had good stuff. And so they brought me in and, um, you know, I mean, I went through the same process, you know, met with yeah. them. They wanted to, you know, then bring me on. And I met with John Hughes and Jeremiah Chetrick, the director, and I got the part. So it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. Yeah. You're just tuning in. Uh, Ellen Lanson is here with us. She played uh, Ruby Sue and uh, Christmas Vacation, but also in uh, <clears throat> um, uh, Fatal Attraction as well. Going to Fatal Attraction, uh, Michael Douglas. Um, um, Ann Archer. Uh, Ann Archer, all of them. Did you, uh, did you guys have a good time? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, them? you know, mo- mostly uh, I, I had a great time. I mean, I was, I was super young and, and took to it really, really well. And it was sort of a fluke thing getting the part in Fiddle Attraction. I got the part out of like 2,000 girls nationwide. It was an open audition and I was six and it was kind of a lark and it all sort of um, happened and so There was such an explosion around that movie when it totally. came out. I mean it was it happened at the, at the I be, believe the, the, the beginning of the AIDS uh, situation and so it was there was just a, a big push for general you know not screwing around and not being careful about what you did and I remember that was yeah. it was huge. It was, was, were you able at that age to perceive any of that fear over the movie or oh, definitely not okay and and for me because it was all new you know i didn't have any sort of a career prior to this right um this was this was a brand new life for me but yet something that i adapted to really quickly and really loved um and you know they, they always called me a natural because you know a six-year-old that comes on set and you know my mom used to say i never saw you more focused than when you were in front of the camera wow. um but you know uh, michael douglas ann archer glenn close you know everybody uh uh, Adrian Lyon, the director, you know, they, they all loved me. And, and it's funny because I was, I was and still am, you know, such a gregarious kid. Yeah. And so I just wanted to establish relationships with everybody that I was around. And so, um, the, the tutor actually that I had during that movie, Leah, she, you know, she was like my second mom because she was around a lot. And, um, the first AD, Bob Girolami, you know, like he was like another dad to me. And I have to imagine that that, that so uh, for a kid to perceive that, I think, so, you know, liken it to going to summer, a summer camp and leaving and, and being, it's sort of a jarring experience for a kid to wrap, okay, they're no longer in your life anymore. Totally. And that's why my mom ultimately decided that she didn't want me to go out for any commercials because, you know, they were these quick crap projects. And she said, you know, you were somebody that was so invested and and wanted to get to know the people that you were working with that, you know, it would seem like kind of a more soulless environment where, you know, you weren't really going to have the opportunity to to get close with anybody. Uh, So acting didn't turn out to be a lifetime profession for you. You did it for a few years. What what, what made you switch gears a little bit? So I acted from Mm. age six to like age 15. And Mm. I grew up in Westchester County in New York, um, you know, which is just above the Bronx and you know, a yeah. half hour away from New York City. So I was in those days able to go to school. And then, you know, my afternoon activities weren't like going to play soccer or learn piano. They were to, to audition. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up going to boarding school in Vermont um, at age 15 because I needed some structure, apparently. <laughs> okay. um, and so that just kind of took me out of the loop. And okay. at 15, you know, that's uh, that's a crucial turning point in yeah. one's development. And yep. so, you know, I was like going through puberty and becoming a young adult. And and it was not feasible for me to really like come home and audition when I'm up in rural Vermont going to boarding school. Um, 
And, you know, I did go on like a, a handful of auditions. I think that I, I came down and actually Adrian Lyon wanted me to audition for his version of Lolita, which did not happen. Did not happen. It's, um, hard, it's hard to uh, surpass uh, Kubrick. But, yeah. And I mean, yeah. So, oh, right. Yes, exactly. So, um, and then uh, I actually, uh, the producers and, and, you know, whoever went through a lot of hoops to try to find me to come down and audition for Queen Amidala for the Star Wars prequel. Uh, you freaking, that's freaking crazy. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think in their mind, they were looking sort of for a more, like, perennially young right. um, you know, sort of uh, like the princess from the never-ending story type. Right. And here I was, this, like, very voluptuous 15-year-old <laughs> that <laughs> did not quite fit the uh, the vision in their head. Would you, uh, at this point, obviously you're, 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 you're have a, a child on the way and, and all of this stuff and wonderful things happening in your life at some point? I mean, like regional theater or anything? Or is that bug still within you or is it is everything, is it being fed other ways? Um, it is yeah. and you know, uh, I'm for years, I thought that that door was closed for me. Um, and when I was living in L.A. Uh, seven or eight years ago, I actually, excuse me, <clears throat> started a foray into a, a podcast about the child acting industry, which never came to fruition. But in sort of working on that project, I really was looking inside of myself and and unearthing these feelings yeah. that had I buried way down about mm. my acting and about my acting experience. And I said, you know, I had this jarring realization that I had never been more passionate about anything that I'd ever done in my life. And I was, you know, really kind of like chasing this dragon of finding whatever that passion is. And, and I said, maybe I do want to continue acting in some, you know, way, shape or form. And so these days, what I would like to do is, is, uh, voiceover. You know, that's, that's kind of what I would, would really love to do. You know, I'm, I'm working on setting up a studio in my home so that I can work from there. And it's never been easier to do it. It's true. I mean, you know, there, it used to be laughable, the concept of, recording audio for a national uh, show or commercial or animated yeah. thing and now it's as easy as can be yeah absolutely i have a two-part question uh you've mentioned your mom a few times do you have a, a good relationship with your mother and also um did you see any nightmare parents when you were ever on set like the you know helicopter moms and and that's <laughs> especially moms. in that yeah stage moms in that yeah. world um i love my mother very very much uh, we have a very good relationship, and and um, she lives up in New York within driving distance for me, which is good because I can go and see her, but she's not going to pop up on my doorstep, <laughs> yeah. um, which I can say about all my family. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she was not at all. My, you know, my my parents, their number one concern was like, we are only going to do this as long as you want to That's and great. are comfortable with doing it. And so, um, you know, she was super supportive. But I don't know that I ever really. Uh, while I was on set, ran into that, but I certainly saw it in auditions all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Here's a random question. What kind of music are you into? <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer to this. Yes, Casey does. Uh, so, I mean, all types. You know, I my, my mom always listened to classic rock growing up and, you know, my sister and I were like, oh, this sucks, you know, turn on Z100 and, you know, the, the right, yeah. you know about Z100, absolutely. you're from New York. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, but I secretly really loved it. Um, so, Talking Heads was my first love because that was my mom's favorite band. And, but you're and way into fish. Yeah. <laughs> and when did you hop? Is on that how it? you guys connected? You, no, that's, yeah. where, that's where I met her. I yeah, met her at Fish in Atlantic City oh, in no August. Yeah. I, I saw him coming. Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> 
hey, Casey. And he was like, hey, because I'm sure that you get this a lot when people. Yeah, know, but we had, and we had world. never met before, but no. I knew that we like kind of like you were talking to John Brazier. You saw him yes. at the Dead Show. And yep. so I knew that you and I had been <laughs> in the same settings from right. time to time, so but we, I didn't know what you looked like. Yes, exactly. And well, and it's funny because, oh, there's my girl, Abby, and, <laughs> and her husband, Picture Michael. Picture of her at a fish concert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to my first fish show uh, in 97. But I wasn't into it at that point, which no. I'm like kicking myself now for, for having missed out on all these years. 97, 98, 99. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was 17 at the time, so yeah. I, I... Is this post-boarding school? It was during boarding school. Wow. Um, so that little act of rebellion. I mean, a little yeah. bit. But, you know, I was seeing music for years and, yeah. you know, always going to live shows. Um, but I was really into the dead at that point, And I think that I felt like a lot of people, you know, in, in the dead community sort of jump ship to fish. And I'm like, this band is stupid. And, <laughs> you know, they're total posers. And, you know, they're like talking about, you know, like possums. Yeah. And this guy like wears a dress. And, you know, what's what's the deal with that? But it wasn't until um, 2012 that I like really understood. And so uh, I went to Bonnaroo that year and um, with the help of some friends and some uh, extracurriculars <laughs> I was able to kind of understand it and that was my fourth show at that point mm. I'd seen them again in 2010 and 2011 and I was like kind of warming to them but then I finally got it how so, many shows have you been to? yeah uh, 91 yeah. Oh, wow. so yes. I've been oh seeing gosh. them since 1995 <laughs> with zero breaks and I've only seen them in the 60 range uh, I think the night I saw you was my 61st show yeah wow it was my ninetieth when I when I saw you. So, um, do you know anybody you, in the in the band? Or I mean, have you uh, you know struck up a friendship with anyone? Um, not in the band, yeah. but you know, like uh, most of the people that I cruise with, you know, in, in my community are are all old old fish heads and are all in that orbit. And Very so, familial. Yes, yeah. uh, with a pH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, you know, I'll I'll be as I was telling Casey, I'll be going to the uh, to the New Year's run. Um, I'll be going to all four shows, but not doing really any after partying because Mama's gonna be tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can be a fish mama. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You know, baby, baby's first fish shows. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Is uh, the baby daddy a fish fan? Ed, um, hi Ed, I love you. Um, <laughs> he is not so much. He's got, he's coming around. Okay, he tolerates. Um, for now. You know, well, so like I've brought him to a couple shows. He went to his first fish show in like 2002. He doesn't really remember it, and I always joke. I'm like Trey doesn't either. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he. <laughs> He, he he enjoyed it. You know, uh, I brought him to one of the the New Year's makeup shows in April, and we had a great time. And then I brought him to Meriwether this summer and had fun. And so, you know, I think that, like, he's not, he, he definitely wouldn't admit it. Um, but I think that he's he's ready to jump on board as much as he's able to. But, you know, for me, it, it, it's great because I have a husband who, you know, he loves live music. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Tadashi's well, band is, is his, like, favorite. And, you know, Almond Brothers, that's, like, the reason that we connected. Um, our love of that band, but so he he really loves live music. But it's great for me because I have a husband who will not only tolerate but actually probably enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. But then I can you know maybe leave the baby with him for a little while <laughs> and go and and sit on tour. So. My my wife and I so she's you know we we see 
eye to eye pretty much on a lot of stuff. But she, the bands that she'd be more inclined to want to see, uh, there's a percentage of them. Go have a good time with your friends on, and uh, you know, it's because you need that. You need, you need stuff that yep. you agree on and stuff that you go, okay, you go enjoy. That's him. Look, That's Ed. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Very nice. Good looking fella. Yeah. yeah I think nice. so. Too. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, this is cool. Thank you for coming by and sharing the Thank stories and all that stuff. Uh, we, you know, we love your character. You did such a great job and it's for such sure. a great movie and it's getting more and more airtime as the uh, as the holidays uh, keep coming around and it's and, revered. Yeah, it's really awesome. So thank you so much. And thank we hope you, you have a great Christmas. Yeah, and the same to you. Good luck yeah. with that baby. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, you know, for anybody that wants to follow along my journey, road to mama m o m m a dot com. And also uh, cameo Please. if you want to do a quick search on Ellen Latson. Can can people type in Ruby Sue and find you that way? Uh, they or? might. Uh, you know, okay. I think that's a key word. But yeah. um, you know, yeah, Ellen Latson. That's okay. that's the best way. We'll pop the information up so people can. Uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I sure appreciate that. And uh, uh, let's give some love to Ellen Latson. Yeah. Thank you for being love here. Love you guys. Right. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back in just a moment. So stay close, dear friend. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I think we need to clean out the junk drawer because we're heading into the weekend. And a lot of things that have been sitting around here and haven't had a chance to get to as of yet. So let's dive in and see what we find. So Fat Bear Week has been happening again. I love Fat Bear Week. Uh, Alaska's uh, Katamai National Park, or I think it's how you pronounce it. If Nick were here, he would be able to tell me. He's he's really like way into this. Uh, And it started on Monday. They announced on uh, Twitter that uh, Fat Bear Week is, quote, a time where flab is fab is fat and fat is fit. Uh, It kicked off on October 5th, and the park on Monday released its official Fat Bear Week bracket, consisting of 12 bears that uh, compete for the top spot. So this right, is the, the, the pre-hibernation contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know what this is. So yeah, we've the, talked about it on the air. We have yeah, I still don't know. What <laughs> so in this park, they, they have these bears, and they, they track them all. They keep they they you know keep an eye on them and and see how they're doing. And so they take pictures of them when they are uh, getting.
getting ready for hibernation. So they're fattening up and getting uh. ready for the winter. And they're at their biggest of the year. They take pictures of them. They post them. And then you have to <laughs> rank them as your favorite. And each day they whittle them down and eventually have the fattest bear. And, yeah. and, they're, and it's awesome. Especially what happens is uh, they will also provide pictures on the other side of the season where you'll see them after they've sort of burned off a lot of this weight. It's like night and day. Yeah, when they come out of hibernation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the uh, they identified uh, a few of them as 32 chunk and 128 grazer. Uh, visitors uh, to the park's website for Fat Bear Week can uh, cast a vote once every day and uh, skinnier bears will be knocked out of the bracket until the park crowns its champion. On this year's list is uh, there's one called 747 uh, who is the 2020 Fat Bear champion. Uh, according to the park, this bear's impressive poundage is enough to intimidate most bears to yield their space, giving him the best access to fishing locations and mating opportunities. But not to be overlooked is 480 Otis, uh, which is uh, Katamai's uh, 2021 Fat Bear Champion, who was also the biggest bear in 2014, 16, and 17. Oh, wow. Uh, the Fat Bear Week bracket uh, is narrowed down to two contenders by October 11th. So there's still time. Are they down to the final four now, Marissa? Uh, no, just just in the first round. Oh, this is the first round? Or the second round, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and let's see. Meanwhile, those who just want to observe the bears of the park can do so via the Brooks Falls Bear Cam which is solar power camera network that shows the bears eating salmon and hanging out in the shallows as well. We were talking about this yesterday, Preston, and I said I saw a picture of a, um, you know, you Kodiak, yeah. Kodiak bear and a, a full adult man standing next to it. Uh-huh. And you're like, mother of God. <laughs> you forget yeah. how effing huge those things are. Yeah, they're gigantic. And these guys get huge this time of year. So uh, if you want to vote for it, you can look up uh, uh, Katamai National Park. And uh, they have the uh, Fat Bear Week. I love this. Happening next. We should do like a fat rat contest for Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, fat who's going to be the fattest rat? I love it. <laughs> All right, uh, another story. Let's see what we can find here. Billboard magazine has come out with its top 100 karaoke songs of all time. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, so they uh, they are celebrating the return of karaoke. I guess there's been maybe a bit of an a resurgence yeah. as of uh, this lately. Well, in your car it is now, Preston. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> We've learned that. Uh, so I have the rundown. I, I have the top 20, if top- you guys... Would like to hear maybe top ten? Let me see if I. Um, I have one. Do you want to? Can, can you guess? Have you guys seen the list? I have not. Seen the list. Okay. okay. What would you put on there personally? I'll tell you if it makes it in the top twenty uh, or not because they have the top one hundred. Yeah. What? What do you think? Well, no, no. I mean, like, I know what my personal like. What is it? Uh, well, what I think number one would be is "I Will Survive" by Gloria Gaynor. Mm. Anybody else? Uh, I think "Sweet Caroline" is. Oh, a, yeah. that's a good one. Is what's going on on there? Well, uh, I'm, let's guess yeah. first. All right, uh, Kathy, do you want to take a guess? I uh, respect. Oh, oh, that's a good one. I thought uh, "Sweet Caroline" as well, Steve. Yeah, it's not even in the top what? twenty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive is number three. Okay. Oh, nice. so you, you got okay. by far the closest. You win the showcase. Uh, Marissa, I don't see uh, what's going on. Get out of here. You got to be 
Well, I guess, listen, because uh, I was going to say, you got to be pretty ballsy to pull that song out and do some Marvin Gaye, but... Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Um, When she wakes in the morning... Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's, up? Uh, what's, what's up? What's up? From Torn on Blondes. Yeah, that one's on there, and that... <laughs> That's number 19. I, I was, was thinking, wondering, what's what? going on? What's going on? Uh, yeah, it's like, wow, you've got to be good. Yeah. And that's pretty heavy, too. It's a heavy lyrics. song yeah. about racial strife. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that doesn't seem like a karaoke song. Uh, Kathy, respect is number 16 on the okay. list. So you guys did well. But but see, I was with you. I thought yeah. Sweet Caroline would, yeah. would absolutely be in there, but it is not. What about Brick by Ben Folds 5? It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. It's about an abortion. It's about an abortion. Taking yeah. a girlfriend for an abortion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's good. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Hey. hey. She's How about, a brick and I'm drowning slowly. Hey. <laughs> How about we've got tonight? <laughs> um, all right, so number one, I think you guys will be surprised. Oh, it, it sounds it. Yeah. To hear. Number one is, Casey, have this ready to go. Oh, I do. If you would, please. I do. I... Hit it, fellas. Let's go, girl. That's Kathy's. That is the number one karaoke song according to Billboard. Now I don't Feel like know, a woman. I don't know what their um, how they got metrics to. were to try and figure out why it's number one. But it, but they did. It was rank, it was run by the Twain Institute. They did <laughs> rank great. them as to why they're great songs as far as you know its sing along abilities and uh, and an- anthemic nature and stuff that'll, like that. Maybe that'll get the like the crowd. It like, you know what I mean. Sure. You want yeah. karaoke? You're hoping that other people join in. I wonder what part of the country has the most karaoke bars. That's a good question. You know, this is a, there are more downtown. I wonder if uh, TikTok has any sway over this because this song is trending high on TikTok. Is it? Well, yeah. maybe trending because of the of the, the this list came out on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So I'll bet you that's why it is. But uh, number two on the list is I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. Okay. You okay. Can, you can totally see that. Then maybe you could do what's uh, going on. Number three is uh, I Will Survive from Gloria Gaynor. Number four, now here you go, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. From yeah. Queen. Yep. Even though that... Uh, well, what is the karaoke version of that like? Are you are you called uh, upon to do the opera? I can't imagine. That's I mean, got it. Pretty taxing. I would imagine that that probably plays as well. Right. Yeah, everybody yeah. sings along. So I don't know, man. That's a good question. When I mm-hmm. say it's a good song. I want it that way. Come on, Kath. Good Number five, and I wish Nick was here because uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yes. Shiloh. Oh, my God. Seriously? Which Nick thought was Shiloh, <laughs> as in the Battle of Shiloh, the uh, Civil War. <laughs> and also a good song, but that's going to kill the mood in a bar. I know, but, but it's a duet. So if yeah. you get two people, you, you, you got to yeah. think about duets because sometimes that does happen. People like to do that. Um, Which, yeah. by the way, wasn't wasn't that the name of that movie, uh, that karaoke movie? Duet? Yes, with um, I actually Huey Lewis was I in it. Actually, like that movie. It is a good movie. Gwyneth Paltrow and Paul Giamatti yeah. and Andre Brower, yeah. and it's it's a loose. Stupid concept. Yeah. But I liked it. It works. Movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, then the you kids have... in the hall did a great skit about um, uh, uh, karaoke night. Okay. And about the, you know, about uh, that's my song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, listen, I, I worked karaoke night at McGillan's Old Ale House for, I feel like it was at least a year. First of all, DJ Joe C had the best 
karaoke catalog of like any karaoke night I had ever. I mean, he had thousands and thousands of songs. He had like, you know, and so he had a really great catalog. Right. But but people went there who like, they thought they were a superstars. Right. You know? it, it, it is yeah. kind of wild to watch that. There was a, a great documentary about when, when it was really hitting, when it was at the top of its popularity and, and the people right. who it really became Everything to them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so number six on this list is uh, Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know. So. Especially Kathy singing. I'm happy for you. Come on, guys. The best for you both. I know the version of me. Remember when they bleep that? Yes, yeah. go down on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's got a great chorus, and so you can see everybody getting into it. All right, number seven is uh, Nicki Minaj, Super Bass. I don't even know that one. She's a super bass, super no. bass, she's super bassy. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's super bass. Maybe it's about fishing. Oh, okay. Super fish, yeah. super fish, she's super fishing. Uh, number eight, here you go, is an ultimate sing-along song, uh, Friends in Low Places. Any any country bar, especially, that's got a karaoke setup, you know that one's going to be with I kind of hate this sort of song structure. I, this, is a, this is a guilty play. Yeah, I like this song. This is about an abortion, too, right? Somebody from XTU was walking down the hall. <laughs> you know the hidden verse too? No. Oh, that's the classic for uh, for karaoke when you whip out the hidden verse. Oh, I don't remember. It? I don't remember it. You bring it you up and you don't know Jesus like that. You know how to solve Sorry. the puzzle, don't you? No. Every oh, lower Marion firefighter out there right now is yelling at me for forgetting it. Number nine is Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yes. Which, really? Total Eclipse of the though. Yeah. Turn around, right on. Uh, number 10 is Brandy and Monica, The Boy Is Mine. <laughs> I remember that. The Boy Is Mine. I don't know it. Do you guys know it? No. It I do. Yet. Yeah, that was back, but... 1998. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that would be top of the... Okay. All right. Again, if it's a duet. So number 11 is a duet. Elton John and Kiki D. Don't go breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart. That's a pretty classic, you know, man and woman back and forth song. So yeah. I could see that. Uh, number 12 is uh, Kelly Clarkson's... Sit, you and go! Yeah. Speaking of voices cracking, we, Stephen, we were in Ireland the first time we did our show live from there. Uh, we were in a, a bar and they had a karaoke setup, and a guy uh, started to sing. Uh, oh. I think it was a one from U two, uh -huh. and so it starts off in a lower yeah. register, but at some point, Bono yeah. starts going for it, and this guy had to switch. Uh -huh. he, had, he had to drop an yeah. octave, and I felt bad for the guy because yeah. you could tell he had never. Sung at karaoke before, and he was doing pretty good until it hit that higher part. He's <laughs> like, "Oh man, oh no, I didn't I know that was way more than I could do." Jesus, <laughs> no. All right, this is this uh, is Rochelle's jam. Oh, okay. this is the one. 
in uh, any time if we're in a car and it oh, comes wait, on the I radio. I, wait, I know what it is. There's two songs. Go ahead. That she will not only sing, but she will sing to you. Uh-huh. And they're they're just total women anthems. Yep. Oh. Uh, so I'll give it to you. Wait. Okay, what? No, all right, go ahead. The, I, I can't think of the name of the song. You know he, he likes uh, the bitch one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, F, uh, so good, that one. No, 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 no. Okay, that's another one. Yeah, she likes that one. Uh, what is, is it? Uh, crazy. Crazy bitch. Crazy, crazy bitch. bitch. Yeah. 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 She loves that one, but also Carrie Underwood before he cheats. There you go. Yeah. the lyrics because I've heard it. And when she looked at you and she's singing it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Time to think before he There you go. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Can we just talk about how uh, wrong that is? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Let and me... everybody's like, yeah. Yeah. Thousands of white dollars. Kill him. She, she Kill has him. destroyed his car, which the guy probably uses for his living. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. His pretty little souped up four wheel drive. Yeah. I sold that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why'd he cheat on her? He deserved it. Oh, sure. And so she breaks the law. Yeah. He may have he may have broken a moral issue, but yeah. he didn't break the law. Aww. So I killed your mother <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I shot your dog. That's why I stick to my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the hidden verse, by the yeah, way, yeah, Marissa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, the secret I'm verse. And when I she goes in the water supply. <laughs> she goes to the house, kills his mother and dog, oh and goes on a three-state murder spree. <laughs> I drove a bulldozer through your house. Um, all right, number 14 on the top 100. And we're not doing all 100. We're going to do 20. Don't do all 100. Uh, number 14 is uh, Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, That's yeah. an obvious yeah. other good anthem. Uh, number 15 is Celine Dion. It's all coming back to me now. Okay. All Do you know that song? Back. It's yeah. all coming back to me now. No. Hold on. Yes, I want to point something out. You are so, like, the rest of us when we're singing, we're like, lean into the microphone. Yeah. You start pushing the mic. Because I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> so. And I'm yeah. trying yeah. not to get this isolated. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. That's how yeah. it goes. Okay. I don't know what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. All right, it's uh, coming back. Number 16 on the list is R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Yes. And now what it means to me. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Take T-C-B. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. So, uh, Kathy, you got that one, but yes. that's that's further down on the list. I would have agreed with you. I, I would have thought that was top Bumped five. Bumped it up a little more, yeah. yeah. Uh, number 17 is Living on a Prayer from Bon Jovi. Uh, I was going to say, there's got to be a Bon Jovi song on there. Always get the crowd yeah. going with that one. What's no up? problem. It's all right. It's all right. Oh, it's all you, right. You, you can't Who go home. says you can't, can't go, go home? I think that. I love that I song. like that one. Uh, but Living on a Prayer with, oh, we're yeah. halfway yeah. there. Oh, yeah. living on a prayer. But you need everybody to sing along with you on that one. Because that goes way up yeah. high. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like, oh! <laughs> uh, I thought you guys were going to sing along with me. Happened? I blew out a nut. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18 is a song that was beat 
to death when it came out, uh-huh. but is still a top karaoke song, and it's Call Me Maybe from Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, yeah. You could not escape that yeah. song. Yeah, and and that was at the start of, like, you know, viral video yeah. haven in 2011, and everybody was doing videos and things to that. So, uh, number 19 is uh, Marissa's uh, What's Up, 4-9 Blondes. That's another one, if you dare to try it on your own, uh, make sure that you can hit those notes. Uh-huh. Is Walk Like an Egyptian on the list? Uh, not in the top 20. Okay, yeah. uh, the last one is uh, uh, Love Shack from B-50. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, an yeah. easy That's one, yeah. one. Uh, to get going. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a fun little thing to kick around. So, uh, Billboard has announced their top 100 karaoke songs. even need to be able to sing to do the French Schneider no, part. Fred Schneider yep. saved anyone who can't sing. Yeah, you're right. Press your wife said illegal or not, don't piss her off. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, so anyway, Shania Twain uh, holds the top spot, and that is uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Who knew? No, no, I didn't think that would be it. All right. Uh, let's see. We're in the junk drawer, right? Yeah. I got time for a little bit more. A little more junk. And then we're going to have to move on because I got to be filed. Ah, here we go. Got one. Oh, yeah. A recent study has revealed that a staggering 7.4 million people could be pleasuring themselves during the work hours. Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, I just did. Uh, <laughs> this is in the United Kingdom, by the way. Uh, in a survey of 2,000 people. Oh, that was an extraordinarily good dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, now, oh back to the accounting. Uh, so, uh, they discovered that uh, 14% have pleasured themselves during work. Uh, they also found that uh, men are three more times likely to take advantage of the time <laughs> spent. In fact, I would have thought it would have been 10 times as likely. Working I mean, from home. All right, so this is something uh, I was t- <laughs> I was talking to our sales manager. Don't come in, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not about this, uh, but just about the general idea of like, okay, how many people do you think are having in the world are having sex right now? And really, Seven. it all comes. No, it's about 1.7 million oh, are actually wow. having sex right now at this moment. That's crazy. And because it all comes down to mathematics. So this little, I don't know if that's a study or whatever, but if you were to just do the simple math of it all, mm-hmm. and you what you you start with the the number of people in this world, right. and then the number of you know how many. Uh, times people do it a day versus how many times you, you know and then you can well, that's you, how they really, arrive at this yeah. yeah and that's how you can whittle that down so you could you know so you can say all right how many people do you think are actually having sex right now well there's also you have to take it i i think there are um subsections to this mm-hmm. are you for example are we talking in office setting are we talking yeah. if you if you uh right. yeah you know, this is just during work hours right, and right. that doesn't say necessarily at work so you yeah. might zip out for lunch real quick right. and rub one out i don't right. know uh but but um, furthermore, a third of higher earners with a salary, and this is in pounds, uh, because it was a British study, 35,000 to 45,000 pounds are more likely to pleasure themselves. A further 27% of 25 to 34-year-olds also confessed to doing it, followed by 
percent of 35 to 44 year olds. We'll talk about that new proposal when I get back from my tugging break. <laughs> uh, the overarching reason for doing so was that it helped people relieve stress during yeah. the working day. Uh, and it's apparently a concept that a, a Barcelona company swears by. Adult entertainment <laughs> company Erica Lust Films has introduced a unique form of timeout in Yo, the in the form of spank breaks. So, wouldn't it be oh wild if now you walk in the building and there's a bunch of people pleasuring themselves by the front exit? Yeah, instead of yeah, smoking. Yeah. Smoke. yeah. <laughs> uh, the you thir- thought it was awkward when you went to the bathroom and someone was. Right. I can't stand walking out. <laughs> I can't say the word, but yeah. yeah. So the 30-minute breaks aim to normalize the activity and achieve less aggression and more productivity in the workplace. And there's like 50 people outside jerking it. To the CEO. Uh, imagine if Bill came into a meeting and was like, listen, guys, I really want you to take a spank break. Uh, the the uh, CEO explained that the company have a, it says a rota. Uh, and while it's obviously not mandatory to embrace the benefit, each member of staff schedules their self-love breaks to avoid over. Overlapping. Anybody oh want to join me for a jerk? Uh, they simply book their 30-minute slot around meeting hours and enjoy uh, from the comfort of their homes. But the, that, that's for uh, working at home. Uh, the office has its own dedicated space. That's so dumb. In the form of a small, intimate chapel, complete with a bed, mirror, erotic what? paintings. Get the hell out of here. I wouldn't go. Warm, ambient lighting to help get in the mood. I wouldn't go anywhere <gasps> near that room. Well, I mean, here's the deal. Like, are you more inclined to do that if now you have a designated time to do it? No. Or are you just going to do it when you do Like, listen. When the mood hits you. Casey, it's like the lunch break. Like, not everybody actually eats lunch on their lunch break. Right. So when I found out, take it. a nap in, the, in yeah. the... You can do whatever you want for your lunch break, right? You get your half hour, your hour... Do it. Some people might actually, you yeah. know, do that on what, their lunch what, break. What, I'm sorry. What was? Oh, they might. Yeah, they might actually do that on their lunch. Is it? Uh, when I found out Red Robin was coming in today, I ran down to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine—I don't—I'm not going to say where she works—but a friend of mine sent me a picture, and uh, I guess there's a bathroom that mainly the guys use at work. She works in like a male-dominated industry, right, 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 and so yeah. she's one of the only females there, and she doesn't use this specific bathroom. Right. Um, and so she sent me a picture of it. I'll have to hand it over oh, to you. But above God, yeah. the toilet is the uh, collage oh, that we did. Oh my God! Of, no. <laughs> It's our it's calendar. Our calendar. Our calendar. It's our calendar. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh my goodness. I was like, oh, so everybody's spanking it when they go to the bathroom at work? <laughs> and they're checking the dates. It is a 2020 calendar. Hey, 2021. The, the Trocadero, when that was around, in the men's bathroom, yeah. it was so great. At the at the urinals, they had peoples. Yes, they okay. did. And in, you would look into this little hole, and then there was a little picture of a naked woman in there. Oh, it was really? great. Yeah, you don't remember yeah. that? Yes. Oh, it, seems it, was, a, it was a throwback thing. I loved it. I thought it was funny. That oh, place was so awesome in that they yeah. embraced their dilapidatedness, yeah. you know. Well, and I think it was, it used to be a burlesque yeah, 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 yeah. theater, so yeah. I think that was a little throwback to that, but I thought that was pretty funny. I love uh, that. So, where was the, where was the weirdest job location have you ever done it? <laughs> uh, in the car while driving. Yes, likewise. <laughs> yeah. uh, on the way to a, a yeah, stand-up like game. an hours yeah. long drive, and I'm like, speaking of no one's <laughs> looking. Um, but, uh, yeah, and listen, I'll, I'll freely admit it. I had, it, uh, way, way long time ago, I did it at work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here? 
No, not here. No, no, no. Long time ago. Long time ago. Bill's office. Because I worked overnights. I worked every shift on the clock. And overnights. You're the only one in the building? You're the only one there. And what the hell, you know? (laughs) It happened a couple times. You know, what's going on is playing on the. uh... And so, how about you? Strangest place. Uh, in in the in the car and in the then car. Uh, in in an inventory room. Okay. Yeah. Casey? At a at, let's just say pop your catalog company. Kathy's uh, bathroom probably. <laughs> <laughs> when you stopped over yeah. one time. Oh, in her kitchen sink. Hey, you no, know I, what yeah, happened I, on my uh, my uh, couch, couch in my living right. room? That's right. <laughs> well, you don't. Really no, I don't one. do that. Okay. I don't, I've never done that in my All entire right. life. Choke, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you could go blind. Did you yeah, just get a text and your mom is listening right now? <laughs> uh, yeah. You're my favorite little boy. <laughs> you'll always be my little angel. Because you don't do disgusting things like those other boys you work with. <laughs> those other boys. <laughs> Oh, my God. Your moms aren't here to listen. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And your daughters aren't in the car I'm, listening as well. Listen, I wouldn't care. Uh, well, true. Daddy does it all. Yeah. All right, be back in a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. I have a sweet... The Rolling Stones. Sweet sounds of heaven. Blink 182. I to rock your holiday socks off. It's Pierre Robert's Christmas Radio Spectacular. Hours and hours of the best and most festive songs and special season's greetings from rock's best bands. The holiday happiness continues all weekend, leading up to another special moment on these airwaves. Join in the fun with Jackie Bam Bam's annual Santa Tracker show, Sunday night, as the big man prepares for landing in our area Christmas morning. That just makes the holidays better, like vodka. What? Huh? Merry Christmas from the station. Always sneaking a peek at the presents. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your holidays. We have a guest standing by. Uh, we had the pleasure to speak to him uh, not that long ago and had a great conversation with him. Doing a similar thing with the movie Cash Jack at that time. Yeah, but uh, now uh, it's uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And there's a screening and a Q&A taking place. And this is going to be... Uh, it's this weekend, actually. It's going to be on Saturday, and it will be at the Tropicana Casino and Resort in NAC. Tickets are available through Ticketmaster. And we're very excited to welcome once again Mr. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy, thank you thank you for coming on. Chevy Chase. I've never heard a voice that low in my life. <laughs> thank you, sir. I appreciate yes. the compliment. Yes, who is this, please? Uh, that's uh, Preston, who has the low voice, and I'm the bald guy, if you can see us. That's, so I'm Steve. Yeah. Oh, wait wait a minute. Are you the guy with the voice? No, Preston. Oh, I think I'm, right. the, I'm the guy with the voice. <laughs> that was very good. I loved it. Thank you. Hey, Chevy. Hi, guys. I, nice I, to see you. Nice it's to wonderful see you. to have you on. I, I needed to ask, you know, you... Um, 39 years ago, uh, you guys made the film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And and when you think back to that time where you when you were filming it, did you know that you had something extra special in that film and that people would still be loving it today? Because I've already watched it three times yes. uh, in the past couple of weeks. Mm. No, um, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, of course. I, I, let me just say this. Um, when I make movies, I hope that people will like it, but you don't know, really. Um, in fact, uh, I've been doing recently some 
um, appearances, such as the one I'll be doing in Atlantic City uh, at Tropicana, uh, where I'm with an actual audience of, you know, I don't know, a few thousand people or whatever. And uh, until that time, I, you know, I've never seen my audience. Basically, you make a movie and you never know mm. anything. I, I, you could, oh, once I snuck into a theater with Dustin Hoffman <laughs> when we did a movie. I just snuck in and stayed in the back to see if they'd laugh. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, really, it's the same thing with Dustin or anybody. It's just, uh, we don't know. Well, you know what? It's become a, a, a holiday classic, and it is it, it, it deserves that. Uh, but I also think, in a way, it might, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation might get short shrift on the emotional level. Because it resonates on so many of those levels as well. I remember years ago when I was a kid, my dad was sweating at a Christmas bonus check. And so that that all of that and I think it's captured beautifully in the movie in the attic scene mm-hmm. where where and, and I well up at that scene. That is a beautiful scene. Um how did yeah. that come together? Oh, that's funny you should ask that. Well, it's not that funny, but um, <laughs> uh, we were in Breckenridge, Colorado, at a, on a ski slope, uh, shooting the the very first scene in the movie where I'm going down the hill, <laughs> and uh, which you'll 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 notice and see uh, if you watch it. But um, uh, and um, it suddenly a blizzard hit us, and we were supposed to go back to L.A. and start shooting, and we ended up uh, having to stay there. So the bed and breakfast that we were in. Uh, had an attic hmm. and we thought well let's let's try out their attic which we did that's where we shot it wow in their attic and uh i i was happy to find you know a couple of boards i could stand on that would hit me in the back <laughs> of the head and in the front of the head and you know whatnot yeah so that's how we did it and then at the end of that scene this is might be interesting for those who watch it is uh I, I look out a window outside and see my family either arriving or from driving away or something uh that was shot in LA because if I looked out that window in, in Breckenridge, I would just see other houses and naked people. <laughs> you know, no, I lied. I lied. <laughs> no, but Steve's right. Uh, and and I watched this movie the first time I was a teenager, and and now I'm a father and I have three kids, and and so the the movie kind of on, on you know a few different times hits differently now as a father, and you know yeah. somebody who prepares to make sure that you know Christmas morning is as magical for my kids as it was for me. So yeah, that that one scene in particular is is it's great. Different. But I'm I'm I always get surprised that when I can laugh at the same joke over and over again. And, and Chevy, the scene with you and the lady at the lingerie counter, I, oh. I, it does not. It, every single time I watch it, I, I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm like legit laughing out loud at the same joke over and over again. And when she says, can I take something, something out for you? And you just start laughing. I laugh along with you. And, and Oh, just- I know. I'm not going to say it on the air here. But, uh, no, I, I love that part. And then you, you can't. Can't see the line, can you, Russ? Is it lost on you at all that, and I don't, you have to be aware of this, that, that people quote you all the time. Like, I can't go play around the golf without using one of your sure. lines from Caddyshack. Fletch, and, everything, yeah. Christmas it, time, there's yeah. always, you know, Fletch. Uh, there, you know, I actually, yeah, I have two Fletch sound clips that I play. You can hear these. Hey! And, and this one. <laughs> I use those clips all the time, and it's just these little subtle things. Is it lost on you that 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 you're part of people's everyday vernacular? Uh, no, uh, 
Well, it's lost on me, and that and that nobody tells me this except us. A, a, a sad guy like you. <laughs> no, I'm happy. <laughs> Honestly, uh, uh, you know, I suppose I make those movies just for that reason. I, mm. I'm uh, different than other people who are quote comedians, and mm. um, I say what um, I, maybe my dad would have thought was funny. You know that kind of thing. So, um, I it's. I'm amazed at people's reactions, and I love it because he made me laugh a lot. So there yeah, you are. no, that makes sense. It's a wonderful, and I just in, in research for talking to you, I, I checked out, uh, you know, did some reading, did watched a video. There was a video of you with your uh, your daughter and your your wife watching. This is a couple of years ago. You're watching the movie, uh, yeah. and uh, it was phenomenal because it's your daughter and you looking at each other, <laughs> especially the lingerie scene, and and <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, dad," you could just see it on her face and you give her this yeah. loving look and it's it was just beautiful yeah well i also have three uh children and um they're my daughters of course they're they're now in their 30s but uh uh but uh yeah we're a very close family this is where i live this is what i do i live with my wife and three daughters and god do i love them all they're just the best and i wouldn't be alive if it weren't for them oh, that- not to say that i was dying or something but just, you know, <laughs> I, I just uh you know that's it i mean no. i was looking at my wife this morning i was in bed um <clears throat> on top of her no i was in bed on <laughs> no i just look over you know i peek over to what her side of the bed and yeah. she's out like <laughs> Or something, and I just love her. Yeah, no, I absolutely, great, uh, absolutely understand that. What I also love, Jeremy, yeah. you, 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 um, you love the the actual uh, describing the movie, and people are going to go see you. Uh, you're going to get your your uh, your your money's worth because you have tons of stories. And I did not know that the house featured in the vaca- uh, Christmas Vacation was actually the same house used in the Lethal Weapon movies. Well, that's right. Once we went to L.A. after getting out of that place, uh, we we had a, a place called the Warner Ranch. It was right across from Warner Brothers Studios. And uh, there, there must have been 12 or so houses that they would use over the years. And uh, we picked one that had a, um, a, a great lawn. And on the lawn, by the way, there was a toilet. Just a toilet. <laughs> you, you mentioned lethal weapon. Uh, that I believe there was a toilet scene at the very end yes. of John uh, or Danny uh, 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 Danny um, Glover Danny Thomas what <laughs> Danny, Thomas. Danny Thomas Danny Glover Danny Glover's on Danny, the uh, Danny on Glover, the toilet yeah, yeah. Like, like the toilet explodes or something yeah so I said that's got to be the house for us and <laughs> and uh, they the the property people have clearly forgotten to remove the toilet or just, just said that I had for it and they got another house and uh, uh, so I had our property people please remove the toilet from the lawn and then there's this scene it's like one of the first scenes in the movie in which i fall off the roof yes. you know setting the lights up right and i land in the, behind this bush and i landed on the toilet nobody saw that that's <laughs> the property people this time put it oh my god that's <laughs> hilarious wow yeah. hey um we are going to have there's a one of the stars of of christmas vacation actually still lives in this area and we're gonna have her yeah. in studio on monday uh the, the young girl who played ruby sue ellen latson's gonna be here on oh monday oh my god yeah yeah so do oh, you, what a little kitty yeah <laughs> well she's she's a grown-up now do, do you have oh, any um, memories of, of you know shooting any scenes with her because you guys did have that really touching scene beautiful yeah. when you were um uh, santa claus yeah santa, santa claus, claus yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went out together after that. We oh, were, that's uh, cool. No, that would have been illegal at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. No, she was a lovely girl. I, I can't remember exactly uh, what Ruby Sue ended up doing because uh, I, I never really, I sort of lost track of her. But uh, her name is Ellen. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope for the best for her. She yeah. was terrific fun. Yeah. Uh, talking Lovely about, girl. speaking of the, of, of the cast, when, when the entire family is, in, is at the Griswolds, <laughs> look at the lineup of people that were in that living room. John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, yeah. Randy Quaid, of course, uh, uh, William Hickley, uh, the great May Questall. What a group of actors. Um, that just must have been... Don't forget Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo, D'Angelo. Yeah, of course. Of course yes. yeah. in trouble. And, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. May Kestel and uh, John... John Randolph was my uh, dad, Mae Castell. Yeah, a great group of really good actors. William Hickey was a teacher, uh, uh, and and some of the greatest actors went to went to his school. I think he, at that point he just won the Oscar for it. Was it Pritzi's Honor? No, I didn't win it for that one, but I won it for the. Uh... <laughs> no, he did. Yeah. Oh, that's correct. I'm so sorry. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, it, it, and that, it, it's having that cast at that level of uh, capability, yeah, where you know, in supporting roles, just made everything that much better. Now, we, the legend has it that you also incurred a uh, an injury during the tirade sequence with the front lawn decorations that were not working with you. Is that true? Well, that's right. It was a rant when I was ranting about how I couldn't get the damn, you know, <laughs> right. together and all that. And uh, uh, I just, uh, from out of nowhere, decided to kick these reindeer that were on the lawn, you know, not punch them right. because uh, I was angry at everything. And that wasn't supposed to be in the movie. I just did it and the camera followed me. Huh. And I came back with a broken finger after doing it. I thought it was like made of mud or something. I didn't know what it was made of, but it certainly didn't absorb anything wow. except the my bones. <laughs> um, speaking what? speaking of rants, when you, when you finally you know when when the the dam breaks and you realize you know uh, Clark is not going to get the the uh, uh, the bonus and you go on that you know a uh, bug eyed fish eyed blah, blah that that <laughs> oh, whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. was that <laughs> had you written all that out yourself and rehearsed all of that or was some of that just coming off the cuff while you were going through that? No, uh, we wrote it. Um, actually, I wrote it. Come to think of it, and uh, uh, each one of those uh, adults looking at, watching me do it, uh, had a little card on the front of it. <laughs> that <laughs> is great. You can't see. Yeah, oh. you can look for it, but you can't see it. And so that's where I put all those words because I couldn't remember them all. It was just too many. And that's, uh, and that a that's great thing to know. That's what I was wondering because it is yeah. a lengthy string of of like you know pseudo profanities. That's wild. That were just all over the place. They were bizarre. You know, that's Brando had. That was the thing Brando did during the Godfather. He had yeah. the actors he was facing. Uh-huh. They had cue cards on them. Uh, yeah, because that's a that's yeah, a. Yeah. That's a string of things to remember, but it's one of the seminal scenes. And correct me if I'm wrong, Beverly D'Angelo has an improv physically when the SWAT agents come through the windows, correct? <laughs> oh, erect. did you say erect? <laughs> yeah, it pertains to that. Oh, you said correct, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, that just sort of happened. Um I did not feel a thing, uh, just for those who might watch the movie. Uh, 
but and which made me cry inside. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I did not feel a thing, but that's just Bev. You know, she just happened to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, yeah, you'll see it in the movie. That's beautiful. You guys have such a uh, such a chemistry, and she we we talked to her just recently, um, and and that's uh, and there's obviously a, a real uh, a friendship there, and in that moment. When you first met her and you were doing the first movie, did, did you did you uh, try uh, with anyone else? Was it just where you were kind of just paired with Beverly D'Angelo right from the get go and and realized you had that we chemistry? Were not paired, I paired. You oh, paired. I, I I interviewed uh, quite a few uh, girls for that role. I see, and Bev just seemed right right away. So yeah, yeah. I chose that role. Um, and I saw that you and her and Christy Brinkley were at, was it Comic-Con recently or it was a yeah, convention? Yeah, oh, a few days ago, yeah. Does that, does, uh, um, does that happen from time to time? You know, some of the, the national, the, the, the vacation family uh, kind of run into each other here and there? Not really. Okay. Uh, that just happened to be. Um, I know. Why did that happen to be? Just, well, it did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, and, uh. Uh, Christy and Bev are quite a couple. I, I, don't, I won't even get into it. It's too funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I have I say, Randy Craig is, of course, amazing in it. Randy's, Randy's taken some some turns since <laughs> since the movie, but that uh, he comedically, uh, for a guy who's also a tremendous actor, a dramatic actor, mm -hmm. um, he just ate that role up. Was some of your dialogue improv with uh, with him as well? I, uh, I I backed off a little bit and it's turned your volume off. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. we're here. Yeah, we lost you for just oh, okay. a second. Uh, you were saying Randy. Randy oh, I was about to say that Randy, if it weren't for Randy, I wouldn't make those movies. Uh, uh, you know, as you said, he's a he's a brilliant actor, period. Um, and he just came on to, uh, you, you serious, Clark? <laughs> you know, that guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I do a good <laughs> do an impression of Randy. And um, I, I just think it, he's such a solid guy. I spoke to him on the phone relatively recently, and uh, uh, he was home with his wife and uh, 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 and, the, and child. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it's, it's a puppy, a dog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, but no, Randy and his, uh, you know, he just... A regular guy. I yeah. mean, I can't tell you. You know, you, when when we're walking through that grocery store and he keeps piling the dog food <laughs> on the on the thing, I, you know, I'm not going to give it all away, but I, 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 that's the guy I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> and he did that, by the way, out of nowhere. He just started piling those things on. <laughs> it's so hilarious. I picked, up, I picked up some light bulbs and put that there to see what would happen. Jimmy, <laughs> do you have a favorite of any of the vacation movies? I mean, each one of them means something different to each one of us. Is there one that stands out to you? Uh, well... I like the Godfather. Father <laughs> the Godfather's an American masterpiece. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, uh, no, so is one of mine, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to keep fighting for it. Uh, no, I, I don't think. I think the first vacation and Christmas vacation uh, are probably my favorites. But then, I, you know, then I think about European vacation that was very funny yeah i had eric idol in that and uh and then uh, vegas vacation wasn't my favorite it was uh, it was rough to do uh but otherwise i mean i enjoyed it very much obviously but 
Uh, yeah, I think my first, uh, the first one and the last one. Well, there, there are tons of stories associated with the movies, and, and, and just I'll just bring up one that you got a lot of tidbits that you've given us today. But as the legend goes, Chris Columbus was offered the directing role for uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation first, and then passed on it, and he went on to direct Home Alone from that. Was that is that correct? No, actually, he discovered the country in 1492. <laughs> it was that one. Wow. Anyway, I have no idea if that's really true. Uh, I don't know Chris Columbus. Okay. Uh, I always wanted Harold Ramis. Mm. And uh, that's, is that who I got? No, you Harold got, or my, you got my Jeremiah Chekchik. Oh, I got Jeremiah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So there you have it. My knowledge of that is really shaky. <laughs> what you've given us is worth it, though. Is yeah. The conversation has been great. And this is some of what you you'll get if you attend the uh, the yeah. screening and the uh, the conversation afterwards. Yeah, this is going to yeah, be thank you. Saturday night at uh, Tropicana Casino and Resort in AC. Tickets available at Ticketmaster. I'm actually going to give away some here in just a little bit. 8 o'clock. Eight It'll o'clock. be great fun. I, I hope the place fills up and, and is packed uh, with young girls. <laughs> As a fan. people. <laughs> As a fan, we're, we, uh, we are thrilled you're doing this with your, your uh, movie, uh, Cal because we are massive fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. I, I thank you for that. Thank Thanks you so much. Chevy, have, have a great holiday. Enjoy the weekend and take care of yourself, okay? Well, you too, guys. All right, All right, thank you. Chevy Chase, yeah. guys. I mean, come on, man. Oh, my goodness. He's got so, you know how many stories. You could just sit down and just talk about Fletch. And and all these great movies. Even if you go back to like uh, uh, Foul Play, and I love Foul I love Play. It's one of the first. Uh, of the, even that like modern problems. Remember that? Yes, thing? I uh, love modern problems. His version of Diary of, an, of the Invisible Man. John Carpenter directed it. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. Like, the people didn't know where to sit on that. And it's not really a comedy, but it's really well done. I think it was the first time I remember an Invisible Man thing where they have to go, he has to, like, I, I have to eat, like, clear jello. Yeah. Like, I can't eat things because you will <laughs> You'll see, see this, this yeah, glob yeah. of food walking around. Guys, um, like us, he was talking about quoting uh, lines. I mean, I was saying doctor, doctor, doctor yes. before I even saw the movie. Oh, it's really? It's part of my every, I probably got it from my brother or something wow. like that. Wow. That was really cool. He's great, man. That was great talking to him. Um, Be back in a moment. Stay with us. See what you've been hearing with WMMR.com's video on demand. Watch highlights from Preston and Steve shenanigans, station events, and take a peek behind the scenes at the station. You'll marvel at how anything gets done around here. WMMR.com. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. 
I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I saw this thing that Steve sent over to me. Are you the seer? No, I'm not the seer. Um, I'm just Preston today. Uh, a I keep trying. Rare first edition of sheet music of Jingle Bells. Oh, wow. Is expected to sell for over $10,000 at auction. To be honest, when I saw the price that it was going for, I thought, that seems like a kind of a bargain. Uh, the eight-page document published in 1859. Oh, mm, that was has four? Been unearthed uh, 162 years after it was uh, written, having belonged to a private collector for decades. Originally, there was no mention of the festive season in the song, written by James uh, Pierpont, who called it the one-horse open sleigh associated with the practice of sleigh riding in uh, North America. In fact, uh, by the way, there's no... Uh, there's no mention of Christmas at, Not all, at all in no. the song. I, I, they I mentioned print, Kwanzaa. I printed up the lyrics. No, I don't think you're reading Kwanzaa a different... Uh, yeah, that's, Game later. That's different. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, when he decided... When he added a drawing of sleigh bells yeah. to the cover of the sheet music around the new title uh, that it's now known by, it became associated with Christmas. But technically, there's really no Christmas Read through the lyrics. There's no, there's no mention of anything. I printed them up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so I'll read them. Yes. Dashing through the snow. Yeah, okay. You know, one horse open sleigh. Or the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a slaying song tonight. And then it goes through the chorus, jingle bells, jingle all the way, blah, blah, blah. You know that. Yeah. And by the way, so there are other verses. Right. If you did not know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and so it goes to the second verse is... and Sucking on a chili dog? No, it's not sucking <laughs> on a chili dog. Uh, it goes, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into what? a drifted bank, and when and we we got upset. Oh, jingle bell, yeah. jingle, jingle bell. bell. Yes. Is that? Do they sing that in the songs yeah. that we listen to? And we, soon, Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. I wax that asshole. Got into a drifted <laughs> oh bank. He got into a drifted bank. And we got upset. What it's, the hell? That doesn't even fit. It's what you call old old timey talk, I, Preston. Uh, and then it goes on. It goes through the chorus again. And then the third verse says, uh, "Now the ground is white. Got it while you're go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. Just get a bobtail bay to forty for his speed. I don't know what any of this. Means. Then I, I, hitch him to an open sleigh and crack. You'll take the lead. Oh. <laughs> You could be ringing, reading from a, a medical journal. I wouldn't I, even. Do we just sing the other verse? I over think we and sing the ones. Brett, yeah. see if we have uh, Jingle Bells by um, 
Oh, who's the band? Uh, Nine Inch Nails? I have uh, Brian Setzer. I have Gary Hoey. No, the current band. Uh, the lead singer, uh, British. We love him. Uh, really. Struts? Played, played the Struts. Thank you. You got it from that. I appreciate that because I never would have got it. Uh, but they do a version of Jingle Bells, which sings multiple verses. Really? Yeah. Same as the first Really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's funny when you actually go into some of the lyrics of uh, of these things that are, seem so benign. You oh, know, dude, yeah. I'll give you an example right yeah. now. And I was thinking of this because of um, Deck the Halls with Bowels of yeah. Holly, uh, which, by the way, I'm wondering how many people think it's deck the ball, deck the halls with balls of holly. I'm sure a lot do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember yeah. the uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Little Rascals Christmas. Uh, Alfalfa said booges of holly. Booges. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because I think Rochelle one time didn't know. What bow meant? Right, and like a bow is like a branch. Yep, it's spelled B O U G. I feel like that's something everyone knows now. Like they've they've cleared that up. Oh, I don't know, but uh, anyhow, a small uh, small community in Alaska where they the one, the one I was going to mention was where the cows are was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, you guys I'm are messing sorry. me up here. We're just talking about cows in Africa. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, the nursery? Uh, or the, Ring around the rosy. Nope. The uh, not nursery rhyme, but the uh, rockabye baby. Rockabye baby. Thank you. Yeah, thank God you guys are when the bell breaks. <laughs> the yeah. oh! So listen. Break! Yeah, that's a uh, sloth. <laughs> if you remember, uncanny. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's uh, rockabye baby in the treetops. When the when when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the when the bow breaks, the branch, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby cradle. So there's a My kid baby! in a tree. Yeah, in their crib, the wind blows, knocks the whole thing up. The kid's dead, dead. on the ground. My baby's dead. Why? It's like a nighttime. Ask Sloth. <laughs> when the bow breaks, Sloth. <laughs> yeah. How does it go? How does it go? He's like, wait, uh. Break! Break! Fall! Ma, you've been bad. Remember that? They dropped no. him on his head. <laughs> yes, that's several, it. Several times. Is that what caused uh, his, that's, uh. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I did she, not know that the, he was actually brutalized as a baby. The mom admits. She mm. goes, well, I only dropped you a couple times. Mm. I only dropped her once. Mm. Only a couple of times. <laughs> it makes so, this a much more horrifying movie. She beat yeah. the hell out of him. Oh, he should have strangled her to death. Bizarre misshapen head. <laughs> Uh, somebody here texted and thought that uh, Bows of Holly was, I thought it was Bose and Holly. Okay. What? That's another one. Bose, the, uh, the, the audio company? No, like a bow. Oh, like, like a, a bow, you would die. Yeah. But bow, a bow is a branch, so Bows of Holly. What the hell is this? Techno Jingle Bells? Sloth now. <sighs> Do you guys have favorites? Oh, he was beaten. Yeah. Yeah, he was beaten. That's, I mean, that's, that's as, as a good. baby. Yeah, that was abuse. Go beat yeah. up the baby. Do we have a favorite what? Uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas song. Um, Not a favorite version, but a favorite actual song. 
All of them. The, all of, Kath, I uh, was listening to Bing Crosby. Uh, the, Bright Christmas? The whole album. It's great. It is. One of the classics. To me, that is quintessential yeah. Christmas for me. And that's what I was listening and to. And his cover of Why Don't We Do It in the Road is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do it? Uh, I like I'll Be Home for Christmas. Okay. Beautiful. That Beautiful. Kind of gets me in the feels. Yeah. A little bit. How about, um, do you like a more traditional? I, I do. I mean, so, I mean, just as far, you know, when I was growing up on Thanksgiving night, we listened to Bing Crosby White Christmas right. as we were eating our Thanksgiving meal, and like, and and so for me, that is the you have a fine memory of it. Yeah, 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 oh, absolutely. No Do we have a version of Jingle Bells? I, I need to hear these other verses. <laughs> uh, um, well, we're working on, we're ha- and also right. how you would phrase them, because as you as you rightly pointed out, Preston, they're incredibly clunky lyrics. Yeah, to to fit in that melody. Yeah, yeah. I have, about, especially the part about beating sloth as a baby. Yeah, um, Kath, I have a whole bunch of different. Uh, that's a. I have so many different versions of this song, but probably but none of them work. Well, I mean, you, do you want to listen to this one? Wait, I'm sorry. Oh my God, this stupid system. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Crosby? I don't think that's Ben Crosby. No. Uh, then we have uh, Jingle Bells uh, sung in a, gas, in a gas mask. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't know what that one is. It says is, Jingle Bell's Nick. I don't know what that is. What is it? Let's find out. It says Nick intern. Oh, Nick Click. That's right. It's the Nick Click. Stop it. I, I did like that. Uh, a couple of people are texting in. Uh, it says we put out, uh, we pull out Johnny Mathis and Nat King Cole. That's good. Yeah, they're great. Those are good ones Just too. Not oh, what? The, it is the the Bing Crosby Jingle Bells that I, I was listening to over the weekend, and he does it with the Andrews Sisters. Oh, there we and go. what I was thinking about this, Steve, is that they were like they were like you know. Thinking they were cool, you know. Yeah. So at the time, they were cool. Whatever they were doing, was they were cool. Led Zeppelin at we're that like, time. We're gonna sing off to you, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> and so, like that little pause was yeah. like, I don't. Why at, did you stop t- doing that? You throw me off. <laughs> That's them trying to be cool. That's them trying to be cool, man. I didn't have to bitch slap all of you. <laughs> oh, we do have the uh, struts, by the way. We're ready to rock. All right, here we go. All right. By the way, oh never mind. You got. It. I was gonna say, wasn't Bing Crosby? Wasn't he like beating his kids on the Gary Crosby in his book talks? <laughs> yeah, about, he used to call him Satchel Ass and and beat him. Satchel Ass. Yeah. The hell does that mean? I don't anyway? know. It's, I think it's something you say before you beat your kid. I guess <laughs> so, right? Wow. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's hear if these other lyrics are. This is a cool version of this song. I know they do at least two. In the one horse open sleigh, all the field we go, laughing all the way. <laughs> oh, he's really laughing. Uh, Making spirits bright. All right, we all know this. What fun is to laugh and sing on a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, 
ago. Wait a minute. A day or two ago. Is that yeah, yeah. A day or two ago. going to do it. I thought I'd take a ride and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. All right. I thought I'd take a ride. Soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and light. Misfortune, see Miss Love. Yeah, these are the lyrics I got. Yeah. We got into we a drifted bank and then we got outside. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. So, good question. Yeah, the jingle bell, um, which we associate as the sound of Christmas. Right. Um, at this point, it was not the sound of Christmas. I guess not. This song didn't really have anything right. to do with... Uh, it was the, the whoopee cushion up till then. With Christmas at all. Hang on. Uh, yeah, but dashing through the snow in, in a one-horse... That's episode, like, a, a yeah. common form of conveyance, right? Yeah. 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 It was like, you know, that it was scepter for them. <laughs> uh, let's, let's listen to the last uh, verse. Here we go. Now the ground is white. Go at it while you're young. And take the girls tonight. Yeah. Sing, sing this Christmas song. So he added Christmas. It says sing the slaying song. Uh-huh. Uh, in the, uh, as okay. in killing people, as in going This one goes out to Sloth, who is beaten as a baby. <laughs> beaten mercilessly by his ugly mother. <laughs> there you go, big guy. This one's for you. Whatever that is on your face. Just get the bobtail bay. 240 as his speed. Hitch him to an open sleigh and crack, you'll take the lead. Yeah, that's it. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells. I love this. That's a great version of this song. I love it. Yeah. Driven slave yes. before? Yeah. Actually, in the Poconos. Not in the Poconos. It was in the Catskills. Uh, with the whole thing with the blanket and the, the hot chocolate. Was it cool? It was wonderful. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's like a big, thick uh, blanket. And then I had two prostitutes with me. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a... Uh, I was a little kid, but it was fun. It was great, you know. <laughs> There's a, a farm that does it. I think it's called... Mm, Prostitute Farm. No, North Star. Strangle Farm? <laughs> uh, but that's like what they do during the holiday season. Didn't Arasafa do that too? They do. They actually have... They have a. They, uh, the they have a light display, and they have... I think you can do the sleigh uh, or something, uh, or uh, like a, um, uh, a hay wagon, you know, and they'll give you hot... Ch- uh, and I may be speaking out of turn here, but I believe they do the hot chocolate and all that stuff. I've done all. horse-driven carriages before, but never a sleigh, yeah. never Never, never that condition where you're out in the snow. Well, it was the Catskills, and it was it was snowy like crazy, and it was um, it was wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be pretty cool. That's got to be fun. Unless it's so cold, and you're like, this is not fun at all. I hate. This. I don't like this. Get me out of here. I want to punch a baby. Um, <laughs> by the way, somebody texted and said a satchel ass is like calling someone a fat ass. Oh, okay. okay. I guess it makes sense. A satchel, that's like a pouch. Yeah, I guess so. All right. I so, did one of Kathy's activities this weekend. Whoa! Yeah, I know, right? You're surprised too. Yeah, yeah down in Rehoboth, <laughs> I went to uh, Shellville. 
I just, I just, I, I don't get into Christmas until like two or three days it's before. It's nice Shelbyville, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. I did not know that. I don't know. You guys are just asking about music, and I just can't hear like the traditional music. I'll take like waitresses. <laughs> You don't like the uh, more traditional carols? No, I want okay. like um, the George Michael song, the uh, yeah, Wham song. Yeah. I like those too. Yeah, yeah. I do. Those. I do like the traditional, though. You know, I, I love the classic at Christmas Carol. I love all the uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, Ave Maria, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the thong song. Is Ave Maria a Christmas song? It's played around Christmas, yeah. but okay. yeah. Mary. Uh, they mentioned sloth. What's that? Uh, the the Latin one. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I like the Bing Crosby, he does it in Latin. He does? Yeah. Big I Latin. Like, yeah, he does that, <laughs> and he does Melikliki Maka, and then he also does the Irish like one. one. Yeah. What's the Irish one that he does? Um, Kiss my royal Irish. Yeah, yeah. like the Melikliki yeah. That's That's a fun one, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, like that was one. your activity song. Right? Yeah, these holiday activities. Is that the music? That's yeah. based on it. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, uh, Rockabye Baby? Don't you remember what I used to think of you? <laughs> when you were little, right? <laughs> Rockabye Baby on the treetop. <laughs> when the wind blows, the cradle will bow. When the bar breaks, the cradle will fall. <laughs> I'm gonna rip your goddamn head off! Coming back to me, you filthy whore! I hate you! I'm ripping your head off! The Goonies takes an even darker turn. You tortured me, you filthy fat whore! Reaches in with his hand and pulls out her still beating heart. Oh, when she was in this pouch, I got some kidneys. Uh, <laughs> Uterus, you never needed that. I'm going to eat your face. Sloth, <laughs> like, that, yeah. he needs that moment for him to slap him back to complete sentience. Yeah, like, he could speak <laughs> after that. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> we had had this whole pirate adventure, and I was, I'll admit, I was a little slow and a little happy-go-lucky. But there was a sobering moment when my mother relayed to me how she treated me as a child, as an infant, and then it all came to, and I realized, you know, actually, I graduated MIT. <laughs> You've had a breakthrough. Absolutely. Let's congratulations. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, if I can only get my eyes on the same side of my face. Okay. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> had no idea. No, I didn't know that was part of, of his, uh, that, that oh, yeah. a lot of what he has, that, which, listen, he's lovable and wonderful, he's a great character, but that, but that, that was associated with abuse. Yeah, they beat him. I don't like that. All right. Well, anyhow, if you want to own the lyrics or the first edition, one of the first editions of uh, Jingle Bells, it's only going to set you back about $10,000. Didn't you think something, don't you think that would be a little bit more? Uh, uh, I mean, these are the handwritten, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, manuscripts or anything like this. This is just a first edition print okay. right. of it. There's only a couple that do exist. I mean, it's old. It's 160 some odd years old, so it's definitely worth it. But that's, you know, 10 okay. grand. I don't know. It's a steal. Uh, 
Anyhow, uh, and, and I don't know who's auctioning that off. I was just looking for that. Oh, Oliver Ditson and Company of Boston. No, Oliver that's Ditson and Company. Can I help you? Uh, they, they were they published it. Oh. originally. So I don't know who's. Do you have any uh, old documents that you have on, on that order, like lyrics of uh, nah. a Rush song or the Beatles? I nope. I have a I have a first edition copy of uh, the very first Sports Illustrated. Oh wow! But oh. that's it. Nice. Yeah. I bought. Uh, so my wife's favorite book is uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Great and book. So I bought her a first edition of that uh, for her birthday years ago. Um, May I ask how much something good. like that cost? Well, here's the deal. It didn't have the dust cover on it, so it was a lot more affordable. So, it, but it was a few hundred dollars. Okay. But if you get one with the dust cover, then you go into the thousands. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. funny how in the collectible realm that yeah, if, if something's been you know dog-eared or whatever or or sure. a little crease it, that you know yep it can make a dramatic difference in its value i yeah. bought a edition of uh, the john and yoko cover of rolling stone like the actual magazine it has like the mailing address of the person really how much did that run you i steve i bought it when i was in high school so yeah. i i think it was maybe under 50 bucks Okay. Probably that's you, how much I think, spent on something oh, that I'd long I'd be curious ago. to see if that's appreciated. Yeah, me too, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that song, Beautiful Boy, that yeah. John did, that was about sloth. A lot of people no. don't know that. Come yep, on. it was, uh, I'm kill you. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you guys. Excellent stuff. Every road just slays me every time. And I didn't know that until uh, my mother reminded me how she beat me as a baby. <laughs> Isn't it funny? People are pointing out they had him chained in the basement to yeah. a chair. Yeah. So they were they which, were thanks, using him into adulthood. I mean, speaking of which, God. you know, the one Fratelli brother was in jail. So Ma Fratelli and the other one somehow were a, they were able to overpower him. Maybe they drugged him. I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory. Yeah. It seems like it's a it's actually a dumb movie. I forgot what the scene is when they realize that he's gonna come after them. Uh-huh. Uh, and the, the brothers do. And, yeah. and they were like we're in deep ass now. <laughs> be like immediately, he rips like, his. Oh my god! He rips oh, his yeah. shirt. It's and the Superman underneath. Uh-huh. They're like, and he smashes oh their heads god. together. Right? Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> right? Best when that happens. He conks their heads together. Right? Oh, yeah. I think and then there's so. like brains in his hands, and he breaks the when he breaks the chains. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, he said. Wait, wait, he goes. Uh, we were gonna get you teeth fixed, and then we we bought a we, we spent a a hair, we bought his toupee. Francis. I don't wear a hairpiece. <laughs> I wonder if they could. I wonder if they could redo that movie with the with the abilities they have now with CGI oh. and and not and and retain the um um whatever that special something was that that movie had. You know what I mean? Well, supposedly Adam Goldberg of the Goldbergs oh, is, yeah. is working on a, whether it is a, 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 I believe it's a reboot or an homage in some way. That's one of his favorite. In fact, in the in the show, they did an entire, of the Goldbergs, they did an entire Goonies episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're watching, now we're watching clips <laughs> of, of the Goonies and Sloth. And all, that. all right, uh, we do need to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Bizarre File stories are up next, so... Is that what we're doing next? Yeah. yeah. Bizarre yeah. Files. Yeah. Yeah. New Year's weekend. 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WPH. 
Catch a New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3 from the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And it's brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Get a little extra action under the mistletoe with a gift from Family and Company Jewelers. South Jersey's holiday diamond destination, Route 70 in Marlton or at FamilyJewelers.com. We'll begin with a story in Egypt. Uh, the balls on these guys. Uh, Egyptian authorities have arrested three people for trying to steal a millennia-old 10-ton statue of Pharaoh Ramses II. Yeah. What? Yes. There's a ton of looting there. Like, you're going to go to a pawn shop? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do with this? Uh, so the defendants you were... You use it to hide your weed. Caught in a... <laughs> put your weed in there. In a quarry south of the city of Aswan with uh, manual digging equipment and a crane. They are suspected of planning to lift the Colossus out of the ground and to excavate antiquities in the area. The prosecutor's office said, adding that it had ordered three defendants uh, held for custody for four days pending investigation and asked the police to quickly investigate others who were involved in the crime. An investigation of the suspect's uh, cell phones revealed that they had sent video clips of digging operations and what appeared to be ancient statues via social messaging apps. Ramses II, one of the most famous pharaohs of the 19th dynasty, ruled for 67 years. He was known as a great warrior and prolific builder who ordered the construction of temples across Egypt. And uh, Egypt has lost countless antiquities to looters, both individuals and foreign governments. Yes, I watched a documentary on it, Preston, the elaborate. In fact, even back then... They would go to great lengths to foil people who were doing this. Uh, that's why uh, King Tutankhamun's um, his his mausoleum or his crypt was has a couple of diversions in it that will mm-hmm. confuse people. It's, yeah. it's to foil all that stuff. Yeah, and they said that uh, back then they didn't have enough people to protect all those right. sites. And and now what's happening this is a completely different in the bizarre file. A lot of these uh, uh, go- countries are starting to return these artifacts right. uh, that were taken from the Valley of the Kings. The uh, there's one called the marbles uh, from the uh, the Parthenon uh, that's being returned, mm. uh, and it's these huge statues that were just taken. They were just, they were just <laughs> actually crazy. lifted and yeah. taken. So it's it's really interesting stuff. A snowboarder caused chaos after he crashed into the skiers behind him. Uh, this I'll explain how it happened behind him. Uh, the 18 year old from Hungary was riding the Rosenrans. Uh, Rosenkranz ski toe at Austrian ski resort last week when the seat he was using slipped out from between his legs and then he desperately tried to hold on to his seat and stop him from falling but soon he lost his grip and began sliding down the slope into skiers using the lift behind him so he's just oh, knocking Jesus. people out of the way I guess it was kind of like a T-bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds that way. <clears throat> so he then wiped out the skiers behind him one by one leaving a trail of destruction <laughs> They were knocked off their seats as the snowboarder continued to gain speed, leaving them behind. One victim suffered injuries serious enough to warrant a rescue from a helicopter. Wow. While three others also needed treatment at a nearby hospital. But instead of staying to help the many fallen skiers, uh, the snowboarder apparently just 
took off and and snowboarded down the uh, the slope. It's bad cricket, man. So it is is a T bar, right? That's what he's being pulled on right there, right? Yeah, it's like some type of tow cable. Yeah. And so he was uh, he has been arrested <laughs> by the police. They oh found him, and he's just he's knocking these people out on the way down. <laughs> oh, geez, no. the footage. And yeah, a couple of them got hurt oh pretty God. bad. Oh, so, I'm surprised yeah. that doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Uh, Frank Norviel had for months has uh, harassed his gay neighbors uh, by standing along the fence, separating their property, riding his bicycle past their home, shouting slurs, shining lights, and making homophobic remarks to them. Sounds like a prince. Uh, Norvell allegedly would scream, it's not Adam and Steve, while squeaking a rubber chicken. Uh, that was in one incident in particular. Okay. Uh, the 57-year-old Norvell also told one of the couple's children, listen to this, that he would kill the family's cat and eat it with teriyaki sauce. Uh, and when the boy objected, he told the child to shut up and sex suggested he perform sex acts on his parents like they trained you to do. Dear God. A, what a ray of sunshine. Yeah, a court granted two temporary injunctions injunctions for prosecutions uh, that forbid Norvell for coming, from coming within 10 feet from the couple's vehicles, but he violated those terms the following morning oh. when police viewed security footage showing him hoisting a pair of dirty underwear over the couple's driveway with a bamboo pole and then placing a white cross on top of their fence. Uh, a deputy saw lights and heard noises coming from his backyard Tuesday night and went onto the property to investigate. The man came out of his home screaming and accusing law enforcement of trespassing. The deputy grabbed one of Norville's arms to keep him from barricading himself inside the home, but he tried to push away and knocked both of them to the ground. After calling for assistance, the deputy was able to place one handcuff on Norville's wrist, which he swung around and struck the deputy in the arm. Uh, the deputies then used a taser to subdue him after a warning, and then they were able to take him into custody. He was charged with a battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting, violating injunction of, uh, injunction of protection, and aggravated stalking. He remains held without bond for a February 6th court hearing. Imagine having that charmer next door to you. Man. Authorities in Central California rescued a woman and her newborn baby after the woman had just given birth in a flooded riverbed on Monday. Officials discovered the woman actively giving birth with the father present at the scene. The child was de delivered prematurely with the father's assistance. All this occurred as they were surrounded by water flowing through the riverbed. They, they opted for that instead of a hospital? Uh, luckily, all three were rescued and the child was taken along with the mother. Due to the circumstances of the child's birth, police say an investigation been opened and child welfare services has been notified. Meanwhile, sinkholes swallowed cars and floodwaters swamped towns and swept a small boy as California was racked by more wild winter. Uh, While well, the next system is powerful uh, in a powerful string of storms that loomed on the horizon Tuesday. Yeah, there's a terrible story about a little boy. Old, right? Yeah, six or five. Yeah, yeah. He was washed away. It was just absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, a man who narrowly missed being hit by a rock slide in Malibu oh. is speaking out after the terrifying moment. On Monday, Maurice Hanao was walking to his car across uh, the PCH outside his home when he stopped to answer his cell phone. He said, my girlfriend called me and said, hey, can you go get my bag that I left there? So I went back inside and I heard rumbling outside. That rumbling was a rock slide, a giant boulder that came down from the hillside, crushed his car, yeah. and landed where he would have been sitting if he hadn't stopped to answer his phone. Uh, he said, that rock is the size of the whole roof. Could have hurt anybody or killed somebody. I feel like it's almost a final destination move, but in real life. Uh, with one car totaled and another damaged, it was hard not to be 
uh, to let some catastrophic thoughts of what could have been creep in. He said, after the roommate saw what happened to my car, they were a little shook up and a little traumatized. And I said, uh, I wonder if this big mountainside is just going to come into the whole house. Uh, so they left for the evening and went somewhere else. Oh, yeah. there's some. Sometimes you'll drive along those roads and you'll see freshly fallen rocks or boulders. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You actually see that on 76 as well. Yeah. Oh, and uh, um, there was a tree. Do you see that big tree that no, had fallen down? Uh, no, but okay. I saw on the, on the Blue Route North right before you get to 76, uh, there's a rock side that came down. A few really? Ago. Yeah, and, and you can't miss it. They're boulders the size of, uh, size of cars. Wow. Uh, so if you're on the Blue Route North, right before you get to 76, it's on the right-hand side. And he was handling the scare with a good humor and is hoping to extend his luck. He said, I feel like I should play the lottery now. All right, and there you go. That is the last story in the bizarre ah. file. We're going to break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's going on in the world of rock? You'll find it at WMMR.com, your one-stop outlet for all the rock news you need to know. WMMR.com, where FOMO goes to die. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to put a twist on something. We've talked about, uh, you know, every year around this time of year, we try to help people out finding some gifts uh, that they're having a difficulty king down. And we thought it might be kind of fun uh, if we throw this out there to the listening audience uh, for people to share with us, like, a badass gift you got somebody. Like, a... Uh, right. A unique gift my, that you would like to share the idea with other people. You right. know what I mean? Like my husband loves um, fly casting and or fishes as uh, a fisherman. What can I get him that'd be something cool or different or something bizarre? Yeah, or something that's just inquire. You know, unique. Some direction. I think I find that you talk about being able to locate a gift being frustrating. Being able to come up with one for oh, a lot of people. Yeah. I find that more yeah. more difficult, personally. Right. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. If you want to share a great gift idea, we're all ears. And, and there are tons of people listening right now who still have a few more people on their list, to, or, or maybe their entire list to go through. we got a couple days. And yeah. they're just looking for something that sparks an idea. And yeah. That's what we want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think might right now might be too late to do something that's personalized. but uh, You can just write it in a yeah. magic marker. No. 
No, but like press, uh, you know, for for the golfer, right? There's a thousand things that you can get them, right? Um, but when you can make something and, and personalize it, it's it's makes it even better. And press, you did something for your buddy where you got him uh, club head covers. Yes, and I think that that is a, a brilliant, great, thoughtful gift idea. They were personalized. So yeah. uh, what is now the that, turnaround on something like that? Oh, that took like a month. So there's no way you're going to be able to come up with that. No, no. that's just yeah. crazy. Talk. So th- that yeah. was uh, that was not just an embroidered name or something like that. That was an entire logo that I had created and they had to uh, embroider it on there. And, so. and you whittled his entire set of clubs. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's a new venture that I'm getting into. Um, this is a, a little less. I mean, this would be easy to do. You could still do it, but um, I did it for somebody this year for a Pollyanna and then um, I actually received something similar um, a few years ago, but uh, your favorite coffee shop. So I went to Dunkin' and I got um, you know, the coffees, the cure, the you know, the little pods, all of that stuff and yeah. then the merchandise cups. There was a water bottle, a coffee mug, a travel mug. Like so you got like a whole So you actually essentially put together like for the Christmas miracle, you put together a themed Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, a big Dunkin' Those are basket. hits. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. In case you wanted to add something well, else. Well, yeah, so in addition to the golf thing, what I found and, and you can personalize this but not in a way, Steve, that it makes it like you're not going to be able to get it, but uh so they had these little stencils for golf balls. Right. And so, you know, like you can get like initials and stuff like that. So when you have your golf ball, you just take a Sharpie and use a stencil and each one of your golf balls you can get can be personalized with your initials on it. Stencils for my balls. (laughs) Uh, And so cases are, you can do it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Gloria. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Merry Christmas. Same to you. So you got something unique. You wanted to share this as a gift yeah, idea. Yeah, I got a helicopter flying lesson. Ooh. But I never got to use or he never got to use it because of the pandemic. So... So but helicopter flying he lessons. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Has he? Has he? Has he? Has he wondered out loud about uh, wanting to fly helicopters? You know, you know what? When we first met, I, um, he's got this huge tattoo on his back of like the army scene, and he always was into that. And huh. I wanted to do a flying like a flight around the city, but then I found that he did the um, lessons too. You go up there for like a half an hour, and then they let you fly it. No, you're right. Uh, Experiential things are always the go-to. You know, just uh, try to get an idea. And it it sounds like he would be into that. He just hasn't had a chance to make good on it. And is that local? Yeah, kind of. I think it's down the Northeast Airport. It's called Adrenaline. And I think the company is. Adrenaline. All right. I like that. Thank you, Gloria. That's a great idea. Very good idea. He loved it. Oh, all right. Awesome. Ever since. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Gloria. Take yeah. care. With uh, Steve, with my mom being 75, like, I want to get her more experiential things than anything else. I fly. Yeah, well, no, but she doesn't <laughs> need stuff anymore. She sure, already has sure. stuff. So I right. just want to get her these experiences. I think that's yeah. Well, what a, I mean, you know what that's, actually that's is cool? all I want. I don't want yeah. any more stuff at all, period. So, like, if you're ever in the market for me, I'm going to make this segment about me. I uh, No, like, all I want is experiential stuff. Because, yeah. like, to, to me, like, I don't need another fleece. I, I want to go out yeah. and do some cool right. things. You Thanks know? for telling me now. That's one llama. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. No, I, I want to experience what it's like to have a swim spa in my backyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For example, yeah. what would it be like right. to own a swim spa? Yeah. And experience. Let me, go, like. let me go to Erica. <laughs> Hi, Erica. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Great, Erica. All right, so interesting gift idea. You're going to share this. Yes, and it's an experience, so everyone can get excited. Um, I got my uh, in-laws accordion lessons. Accordion lessons? What? It was also a Groupon. Okay. Uh, Erica, why? (laughs) Why? Okay, so really, honestly, why was because the very first year, I overdid it. I 
I uh, got them a gift that I could never um, have gotten it better. Yeah. Like I, by accident, I didn't realize what I was doing. So after that, I was like, you know what? It's all about experiences. Because, again, they don't need anything. So you're saying you got them such a good gift the first time around, you purposefully got them bad gifts. Hey, they liked it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you. Accordion, yes. Especially if they're into accordion, don't just assume they'll be. All right, so take that as uh, music uh, music lessons. So yeah. this is if, if somebody showed an interest in an instrument, right. open the door for them to get some lessons. I There's... got you an accordion. Awesome. Have I ever mentioned I like that? Uh, there are things you can do that are, though, uh, even if you don't want to pay for lessons, there are things like um, apps that will go on your iPad right. that you can set ab- above the keyboard that'll teach you how to play. Right. Kath, what, uh, <coughs> would you like uh, ballroom dancing lessons? Um, I didn't love ballroom dancing. No? Okay. It, it, was, it was fun, but um, no, I, I love the salsa much more. Okay. okay. Oh, my balls! But what if you and Dennis did it together? No. No, okay. What if you and I did it together? Yeah. No. What about me and you? How about a sexual surrogate for you two? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I will go next to Krista. Hi, Krista. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Krista? Not much. So I just wanted to share that I like to do something special just for me. So I'll paint. Um, like ceramics, or I might buy wooden letters for a person's last name and maybe make something special out of that. Okay. And then it's also something personal for me that I did for that person or the people that I'm giving it to. And have, have, have the people you've given it to been convincing and pulling off gratitude? Steve hates handmade gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the people that I give it no. to, I have to say that they, they enjoy it. No, I understand, if, especially if you're you good know. at it. Um, but it's, it's like, yeah, yeah again, you have to, be, you have to be sure that you're good at it and, and, and do that. You know, one of the... Thanks, Krista. One year, um, and we were talking about the things with the SEPTA um, uh, gift shop, Preston. Yes. Uh, one year, Marissa got me uh, these just little plaques. One said Maniunk and one said Mount Area, the, the towns that I've lived oh, okay. in. And that, those, that's a great idea. That's you know, sometimes thing. that's just something, yeah, yeah, that you can, you know, hang up. We're looking for thoughtful gifts, interesting gifts. We're going to go to Morgan next. Morgan, good morning. Good morning. It is it Ann Gorski's birthday yet? No, no, yet. not yet. But we'll it'll be here before you know <laughs> it, and your shopping days will run out. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Morgan? What do you want to share with us? Um, one of the interesting gifts that I have that, like, piggybacking off the experiences is I have two older brothers that have young kids, and my brother-in-law has a little girl. Um, last year, I got them all zoo memberships to the Elmwood Park Zoo. It's awesome. It's, it always kind of, like, I have three older brothers. My husband has three brothers. It gets so expensive buying for our brothers, our in-laws, and the kids, and it was really nice to give them the zoo membership because they could go as many times as a year um, the zoo, the Elmo Park Zoo, at least, you can get bring a guest or two, and right. you get to um, get, like, food and drink all day. And they have, like, a petting zoo and stuff like that for the little kids. I love it. Excellent, Morgan. Thank you. That's and so, a terrific idea. So yeah. keep I, I that in mind. You've got, you've got uh, the aquarium, yeah. the New Jersey State Aquarium. You have also uh, museums like Philadelphia Museum of Art. If, the, if, if there are people that, that you know they're in a culture and things like that, yeah. you can get them memberships. Uh, if you know somebody who's outdoorsy, uh, Longwood Gardens is a great membership. You can get that. Absolutely. So those, are, those are solid gifts. And, and they're, they're usually not terribly expensive, but you get so many benefits. 
you know, and, from them. And sometimes there's different levels of packages that you can purchase. Uh, Membership that, to Lou Turks. Uh, Lou Turks. Oh, wow. Is that a strip club? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's over oh, by the airport. Delco's finest. Yeah. yeah, they redid it. Oh, so <laughs> membership would be nice. Nick, it's, nice. it's now called yeah. Lewis Turks. Yeah, they got a Turks. new boombox that's next to the yeah, stage. Yeah. Sorry, sweetie, I got to change the song. Hang on a second. Now we'll only play Symphonies. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I was going to say, okay. uh, I just did the, the zoo membership, and it's good uh, for babies who don't know the difference anyway. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And yes. they were getting so many gifts for yeah. you know this occasion. Right. They right. didn't need another gift, and yeah. so now they have a membership. Kids love going to Yeah, this. of course. Love it. I think what happens is people get carried away by the notion of, of something, you know, oh, it's open this or I can start using it. That'll be something that it'll come a day in, in the middle of June where they'll be out having a great time and go, God, this is a great gift. Yep. You know, and they'll appreciate it. Preston, um, can you go to four? Go to Jessica because uh, I think this is a great idea right. if it does, if it is what I think it is. Jessica, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Hi. All right. All right so Kathy thinks this is a great idea if, she's what, if, if it's what she thinks it is. <laughs> Absolutely. My daughter received a gift um, from a friend, and it's from a company called Fallo or Falo, F-A-H-L-O. Okay. And it's a beaded bracelet, and it has an animal on it. Hers is an elephant. And you download an app, and you're able to track an actual elephant. They give you a card with the elephant's name. So that actual and, animal, okay. Yeah. And you track it and see where all it travels. And they have other animals, too. They have penguins and polar bears and turtles and things like that. So, Jessica, this is perfect. This makes it easier to hunt it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but see, a portion of of the money goes to um, different charities. You're exactly right. I love this. And also, because there's things like, you know, adopt a tiger or whatever, and they'll just send you, like, a little thing. And we we, we adopt all sorts of animals, you know, around the world and, and quote, unquote, adopt. Uh, but this kind of gives you a more a, a better connection. I love that this idea, really Jessica. Cool. Yeah. Well, and it's it, it, it's funny you mentioned the poaching thing. My daughter downloaded the app, and she's like, ah, "Mine hasn't been tracked since August." So I reached <sighs> out to the company, oh. and kudos to the company. They responded to me on Sunday, even though they're closed on the weekends. They were great, and they told us that they are tracking it daily, but they don't report it to you an actual day. It's four months ago is where. The elephant was. Oh, I, I, would, I would like it a little more frequent. I yeah, kind of cheated, right? Well, and also, yeah. that, that's well. So I'm thinking, like, what if it dies? And then you're like, right? Well, what's yeah, happening yeah, yeah. With my elephant. All right, Phalo, F A H L O. That's a unique gift, though. Thank yeah. you, Jessica. We appreciate the idea. Yep, love it. Hey, a side note, yeah. guys. We listened to you on podcast. We were the family six years ago that lived on the sailboat and went down to the Bahamas, and we reached out to you, and you gave us a nice shout out. Oh. Hey. Excellent. Good for you guys. You're doing all sorts of cool yeah. things. Thanks for sticking with us, Jessica. Absolutely. We love you guys. All right. We love okay. you. Take care. Um, all right. So both Andy and Mary have the same one, but Andy was on the phone line first, so I'm going to go to him. So Andy. Mary. Hi, Andy. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. I don't ah, know. Thank you, sir. All right. So what's what's a great idea? We're looking for interesting, off the you know beaten path ideas for people to, to hand out gifts. Well, I know. I think it's something that you've done before, Preston, and I just did it a couple months ago, but the stock car racing experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unparalleled. If you know anybody in your life that likes to drive fast, and I don't know anything about NASCAR. I've never watched a full NASCAR race. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the cars. 
but I love driving fast. Yeah, so that's was, the thing. My son's idea for it, our birthday. It doesn't even like, have hey, to be. Do a, it doesn't even have to be a race fan. You're right. Just somebody who wants that really that thrill, that rush, that uh, that adrenaline experience. And I, I assume you went to the Pocono uh, uh, experience. We did. Right? Yeah. We did, and it was hands down the most thrilling and exhilarating thing I've ever that's done. Cool. It's to go 170 miles an hour. Yeah, it, I was going 160, and we hit a bird. But it was, I mean, it was pretty it, wild. It is absolutely crazy. So yeah, and I my recommendation is the minimum would be the um, the 10 mile uh, yeah. you know thing that you do the four laps. I think we ended up doing 20 miles, and it was it was just enough. You know, one thing, Andy, and I I, I don't know because you can that you're exactly right. That experience, I did the ride along. I didn't do the driving because I just wanted to see what was going on. But the the um, there do they allow you to also to take your own vehicle out? Do some of them some of the tracks allow you to take your own vehicle out and open it up? Yeah, there's they places. have certain weekends. Okay. Yeah, they have certain weekends that that they do that. So I think you have to call them and, and arrange that. It's not all the time, but they do have certain weekends where you can bring your cars and people bring. All kinds of stuff. There, you I'm going to open this gremlin up. There with a, a Mini Cooper that was souped up, you know, awesome. was doing 150 miles an hour around the track. And That'd be cool. Was, yeah. Yeah. So people bring all kinds of stuff. To awesome. Yep. All right. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate That's it. A good yeah. idea. And you can do, they actually have a track on the, uh, on the infield in there too, uh, which is a different, it's not an oval. It's, it's yeah. all kinds of different turns. Uh, and then there's, uh, Millville does that. Yep. So all kinds of places where you can get that done. That's a cool idea. I think it's 877 stock car, uh, is the, uh, is the number to call. Where, where is, oh, uh, if you can go to Sean on seven, I was just thinking about doing this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have Sean indeed here. Hey, Sean, good morning, it. Hey, good morning, it. What's up, bud? So I, uh, I actually did something for my wife because she's really into like the period drama shows like right. Bridgerton and stuff like that. Well, it kept popping up on the Facebook, you know, the personalized ads. And I bought her one of the uh, the ladyship titles. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually get like a square foot of property yeah. in, in like Scotland, and by by their own country's rules, you exactly. then can can claim that uh, legitimately, legally claim lord or lady. Correct? Well, well, it's it's kind of it's. It's a little sketchy in that, but you can in, entitle yourself as lord or lady. But like, if you want to put it on a passport, it's not a a true lordship or ladyship. But under the Scottish law, you it could. does allow you to address yourself as a lord or a lady. Okay, so you could you could put on your various documents, but you you're not obviously you're not acknowledged. Yeah, correct. Because that actually has to be given to you by like the queen or king and all that stuff. But but you sort of have it. Right, because you're, you're a landowner technically in Scotland. Yes, correct. So, but you can actually purchase anything from like uh, the one square foot up to a ten square foot. Um, <laughs> What's the difference? Even, I mean, honestly, at that point, nine more square feet. Sure, more more costly. You can build a bigger house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they also do. Um, you can you can sign up for a monthly tree planning as well. So not only do you do the land conservation, but then you can also plant a tree every month for. I think it's like an extra six bucks a month. Um, Sean, it's my understanding that I mean this. this plot will exist if you go they will show you where it is on this they, and, yeah they actually send you because I, I i'm luckily my wife isn't listening now but they actually send you a document that gives you all the coordinates gives you everything <laughs> about your plot and then they have two different certificates that you can actually print out um and you can put them on you know the nice paper that's like the certificate and it says you know granted this lordship to you know so and so and all that and it's actually really really neat ah, these idiots they'll never come <laughs> over here uh, yeah. never once uh, not one of them <laughs> to me it's, it's a money maker this is like this is this 
this to me is better than buying someone a star that you'll never get to. Be. At least you could go over and check if it's there, you know? Yeah, it's a little gimmicky, but, yeah. it, you know, it's something that goes towards land preservation. And like I said, if you're if you're someone who likes to, you know, get into the period drama stuff, it's it's kind of neat, you know? Right. It's good for that person. Yeah. I like that. Thank yeah. you, Sean. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, some people are texting in uh, the master classes. They're awesome. That's, That's an awesome idea. idea. Right? So they have almost everything. And any kind we of, do the one on radio. Any kind of musical instrument, <laughs> right. uh, 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 movie making, writing, uh, all kinds of stuff. Scorsese, James Cameron, um, chefs, chefs authors. And, and, and almost any kind of trade. Uh, there, there are famous people that will do these master classes. Yes. Uh, so I think you can just do, I, I don't know what the company, is it called master class? Yeah, and you can do it on via Instagram too. Like uh, some of these um, the people that they will sell their own master class on their Instagram accounts. And, and so Steve Martin did, I think routinely they're, they're, yeah. they fall in like, what, like the, the couple hundred buck range? There's a guy named Michael Pollan. Uh, he's a great writer and he, yeah. he's doing one on like nutrition and I'm, I signed up for it for 2023. You, I, what I, is the general price, Nick? Am I right? Oh, in, uh, that, in that $200 range? Yeah, like one, I think, Steve, we paid 125 or something okay, like that. But yeah. yeah. Um, man, I'd love to get like uh, cooking lessons from like a, a real show. Kathy, from, she goes the master yeah. class. Maybe Lauren Harris. I mean, <laughs> we can, I can easily show you how not to you. Some anyone, anyone but you. <laughs> All right, this Remedial one's, course. <laughs> All right, this one's weird. Uh, but we're looking for interesting <laughs> off-the-wall ideas. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning, Ed. How are you today? Oh. I'm actually calling you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, home of the you. Fighting Irish. What's Thank the temperature you. there? Uh, it's actually pretty cold this morning. Uh, it's uh, 40, 44 degrees this morning. Yeah, that bomb cyclone going across the country. Yeah. All right, anyway, or the bomb, <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. It's the bomb. Cyclo bomb. Anyway, uh, uh, Matt, what did you want to recommend? Okay, so my parents actually got this for my wife and I after our first daughter was born. And I thought it was a great idea, and I plan to do it for my kids after they have their first child. Uh, they actually got us paid for an appointment for my wife and I to go to a lawyer to create our wills and such. Mm. So that there was planning for the eventuality. I know it's a little morbid sounding, but so that everything was planned out for our children in the future, mm. should anything happen to us. I mean, it's a necessity, most definitely. Uh, and that is something, yeah, that you would need to get from a parent or someone along Could the you, lines. as a gift, take someone out of your will? Ah, yeah. <laughs> yes. This is a, law- we can a lawyer <laughs> to take Aunt Hazel out of your will. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, she eats grass. <laughs> I like that. Matt, that's a unique idea. All right, it might be yeah, some- I somebody I listening. Pretty unique and, and, and different, you know. All right, all right. I appreciate it. Thanks for checking in from Scottsdale, man. You got it. Bye-bye. What's the, uh, the legal Zoom or what is that where that where you, you can um, prepare your own? Oh, yeah. That's like a, they, they do a bunch of different. You can create your own business on there. Right. They stalk you down. If you if you even go to their site oh, and no. you oh, look really? information, they will stalk you. Yeah, I got a few yeah, of those. You, you either have to do one thing. You use their law documents or you learn the accordion. Those are the two <laughs> things for you. I will go next to Mike looking for a unique idea. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning. Uh, what's Hi, up? Mike. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Is that Brady Bunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's Mrs. Brady. Okay. Well, it's so loud. Hi, Mike. All right, Mike. <laughs> what's your, what do you want to add, Mike? <laughs> okay, so um, anyone who gets decimated by mosquitoes during yeah. the uh, warmer season. Yeah. Um, there is this product that, um... Got one for my wife and for um, my father. It's called a bat box. I don't know if any of you guys are 
I've heard of a... Yeah, yeah they like send a, you a bat every month. No, no. It's, it's the bat of the month club. <laughs> no, it's like a, a bat house. It's one that you, you put it outside and they will they will come in and dwell, and dwell in that, right? Correct. Yeah, that you get this bat attractant spray and it essentially brings in a huge bat population and each bat supposedly eats like... I don't know. No, they eat tons of mosquitoes. That's a good idea. In fact, they are critical in keeping the mosquito population down. So that is a great idea. Yeah. I like getting the bat boxing videos. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Yo, Mickey, Bye, Mike. Yeah. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Yeah. Bye, Mike. <laughs> you got to use your, your, your echolocation to find them in the ring. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I'm fully obsessed with these Philo bracelets. Okay. Uh, you can, uh, f- for $10, uh, you can have it shipped by Christmas. And also, it is on. there are certain colors on Amazon uh, that will get it to you before Christmas. Does it mention how often you are, you are um, how they get the, the location, how long, how between updates? Uh, no, I'm no, I'm looking at some of the information. I'm not exactly sure. I guess it's just uh, through the app where you know you have to go to their app. I don't know, um, but it doesn't say. You know, it's not, it doesn't really give detailed okay. information right. like that. Also, going back to the owning land in Scotland thing, uh, be very careful. A lot of people are yes. texting and saying that there are several scams attached to it. So if you're going to go about doing that, um, do your research. Make sure it's vetted because there are several out there that are just complete scams. Well, that's how I ended up owning Hungary. All right, I want to go to uh, Tim. This is an interesting one. Hey, Tim, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, so uh, my wife and I got married last year in May, and uh, for Christmas, I got her a custom record with songs from our weddings, uh, a song from our wedding. So a vinyl vinyl record that you play on a turntable, okay. Uh Yeah, we have a record player, and uh, this custom, he customized the album artwork, so we put some wedding photos on the front and back. Uh, okay. You pick whatever songs you want. Yeah, and, and this could be not just for a, a wedding thing. This could be uh, friendship. Um, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, or uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, anything. Yeah, you send in the um, the songs you want. Kind of get like find them on YouTube and convert them to an okay. audio file. What? Yeah. What is the name of the company that you use? So I, I found them on Etsy. Okay. All right. So, so, so uh, do, do a little searching. You don't have, you don't have a name a particular name, do you? Uh, no, I not off the top of my head. No, All right, but, no, uh, that's, uh, searching around. I'm sure uh, people can find that. That's yeah, cool. it's found it quickly on Etsy. Yep. Now it's going to be too late to get that this year, but um, file that you one away. An A track, you could <laughs> imagine that <laughs> custom A tracks. All right, thanks, appreciate it, yeah. Tim. Uh, I got a, a suggestion from my friend Meredith a few days ago. I, I meant to bring this up earlier, but uh, there's a company called Universal Yums, and this sounds like a little nerdy, little dorky, but I, I got it from my son because, like oh. me, he's a geography nerd, and it's snacks from around the world, and so you get a snack from, like, uh, South Korea, and then it's like there comes a, an inf- information packet, packet about where the snack comes from, uh, cultural facts about the place or whatever. That's kind of cool. And yeah. it's, like, it's, it's like Jelly of the Month Club. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that type of thing. But you the get it keeps on giving. <laughs> you, get the, you get a new snack every month, and uh, you learn about a new country every month. Somebody must have dropped that off in my house the other day because I had like uh, Asian cookies that were sitting in my bush uh, <laughs> the other day. My, my Christmas lights were out, so I went to go fix them. I looked down, and there was a package of Asian cookies. What? That were in the- <laughs> you think it was Meredith? No, I don't think so. No, I think what you're, you have probably Asian. It's the old tradition of Asian cookies in the bush. Is that what it is? <laughs> I didn't know about if, this tradition. If, if you're extra good, <laughs> Asian Santa will put Asian cookies in your, bu- in your, uh, in bush. your bush. Yeah. Uh, what's that in your bush? It's my Asian cookies. My Asian cookies. Asian Asian Santa. You were a good boy this year. You really were. <laughs> and uh, look at that. There's pho in my glove compartment. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Fa. 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 
Uh, I'm going to go to Michael. Hey, Michael, good morning. I like turtles. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh-huh. Oh, hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. All right, what's up, bud? Uh, well, I got two of them. One that I did for, for family members, and then one that uh, a boss did at work, which was actually really awesome. The the one for family was pretty simple. I, I went online. I located our last name, and, of course, for a couple friends, I located their last name uh, for street signs. Took a very nice picture, got a really nice gold-etched frame and like, a 5 by 7 with that street sign with their last name and gave them that framed it's inexpensive you do a nice print of it okay. um and it's uh, it's something that's a little different it's artsy and craftsy and i'm sure there are a lot of places that can do similar things like that i think that's a nice idea uh, you know um uh, that's something that's probably going to take some time to get done in in time yeah not unless you just take take a street sign or a stop sign off, you know, a legitimate one, and then you change it at home. Well, I, I was lucky that, like, for example, I found our last name in Montgomery County. It was a 25-minute a ride. Took the picture. I have a photo printer at home, you know, just a regular inkjet. Printed out nice, glossy photos and then went to, like you know, like, the Michaels and got a nice frame. Yeah. All right. Well, it's nice. Yeah. Why didn't you go in the cover at night and just steal the sign altogether? Yeah. I was thinking about that, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah. I don't like jail too much. But anyway, yeah. the, the other thing was what a boss did for all of us. Um, she literally went to the dollar store, got a million of these dollar frames, um, and got a nice paper from Staples, got a whole bunch of candy bars, and 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 literally um, had it printed out on these papers that said, you know, break it in case of emergency, and taped the candy bars to that paper and frame them. There you go. It's it's a it's a, it's cute. It's an incredibly cheap gift with a lot of thought behind it, so yeah. people can go exactly. Wow, that, right. if that cost you five bucks, I'd be stunned. All right, thank exactly. you, Michael. I appreciate Have it. Have a good day, guys. You too, Have a good holiday. All right, some interesting ideas. Uh, thank you for the calls. We do appreciate that. I want to take a break. Stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link to let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93. WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. This is Chris Turner. Good morning, everyone. How how are you, Chris? Tremendous, thank you. You, There's just a picture of me appeared on the television. State of the art. I don't know if you've ever seen radio in the UK. It's usually a person in a shed. Yeah, we've we've actually seen some some BBC uh, uh, stuff, and it's uh, um, there. There are smaller, intimate studios. This is a little bigger. Yeah, I mean, you have such large biceps that it needs (laughs) to be absolutely. (laughs) This is how we endear us. I'll, I'll pay a compliment to each person going around the table. And then the slaughter begins. What part of the UK are you from? I'm from Manchester, the northwest. But yeah. I, I don't sound like it because I wish to be employable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you live in New York, yes? Uh, I live, yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Very, so. Well, that's a similar accent. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It's kind of strange because my wife and I both sound like, oh, hello, we're from England. And then we have a little girl and she's not talking yet, but she 
is going to have a Brooklyn accent because uh, you uh, pick it up from your peers. So she's going to go to school there. And she was like, yay, mom. <laughs> like, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great when they come home to meet her parents and we're like, oh, would you like some tea? <laughs> it's funny because I have... Um, I love that. That's hilarious. I have uh, two friends. They're actually from the same town in Ireland, but she was uh, raised in Manchester. Hmm. So she has the Manchester accent and he's got a thick Irish accent. And the, and the kids were all raised here in, in Pennsylvania. But they have... I feel like they all a hybrid. Have, uh, they they do. I feel like they have a hybrid accent. Maybe you'll get one of those hybrid no, accents. It's like a mongrel accent. <laughs> it's, we have a friend who's from Texas, and then they moved to the UK. And over the six years that they were in the UK, their accent became this just twisted mess uh, of just being like, uh, would y'all like to go to the village fete? <laughs> and, and now they're back in America. And when I talk to them, sometimes the words just come out and you're just like, oh, this is what my baby's going to sound like. Right. Ugh. But I we, feel like children with English accents are so cute. They really are. I mean, it's children are so annoying yes. that I think... It, <laughs> Having a Brooklyn accent when you're like, kind of, Mom, I made a mess. You're like, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. But if they're like, Mommy, I'm, I made a, a whoopsie. <laughs> oh, how can I be harsh to you, sweet little friend? No, you're absolutely right. That's much more adorable. Oh, so, uh, yeah, and but you, you cut your comedy uh, teeth, so to speak. Oh, you're over in the, you did the fringe. Yeah, he's British. Make it about his teeth. Go on. <laughs> no, uh, I'm in the same boat. Um, but the, the the fringe fest and and uh, in Edinburgh and all that and, yeah. and you you had your you were part of a comedy improv group, correct? Yeah. So I started I started comedy through improvised comedy. So kind of like whose line is it anyway? Like what? quick games, all that kind of. That's the way. To, that's the way to learn. I think so. I so. think so. You get used to being on stage and going. Like to me, I mean, it was it was a really hard way to learn in the sense that I was like, I can be funny with no preparation. <laughs> Let me do stand up comedy because then when you're prepared, I'll be extra funny. Right? Yeah. And it yeah, turns yeah. out no, the audiences are very forgiving when you make it up. They're like, well, they made it up, so we'll chuckle. Whereas, you're right. You do a stand-up joke, and they go, you've worked on this? <laughs> That's exactly right. So I, I did stand-up years ago, and I was in an improv group. And, 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 and you know, obviously not really successful at that at all, because I'm here right now. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that that improv... Uh, structure helps you learn because basically what you're doing is, you're, as you know, you're saying it as you're writing it. That's mm. the only difference. But you're right; audiences tend to be a little bit more forgiving. If and, and improv, you're with a group of people. So if you're just like, right. "I'm hungover today," then someone else is like, "Don't worry, got you back." Whereas stand up, you're like, <laughs> "I'm hungover today," not because to, obviously for the purposes of the show tonight, I'm specifically very awake because I had to be up for this. Right. Um, so grateful, obviously, but my god. Gosh, I'm so bleary. Uh, people are like, you're used to it because you've got a baby. My baby's a goddess. She sleeps until like 10 a.m. every oh morning. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, the, the wonders of Tylenol. It's wow. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Overdosing, too. <laughs> well, no, there's a limit that you can just keep them hooked on. Right. And it's fine for their liver, probably. We'll find out when she's older. So, so uh, do, does any, do, you, do you still do stuff with the, the improv? Because you uh, I, I met my wife through that improv group. People go, Oh, you're at university at the same time. Um, I'd left university and was doing a, a show with my group at the Fringe. So the Fringe is this huge arts festival, the it, biggest one in the world. 
I've been, um, and it was ama- It was an amazing time to be there. Just uh, totally, every, everywhere you turn, there was a, a comedian or yeah. some sort of juggler or something. It was amazing. Yeah, it is really, it's amazing. Um, but I, I was back, they were like, we're, we, we need people for the show. We're short. Chris, can you come and do a show with us? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I remember how to do it. And she was on stage. I was like, she was funny and uh. smart and also attractive, right? <laughs> um, so you're just putting up pictures of me. Oh. Where is this picture from? Oh. How have you got my wedding photos? <laughs> it makes, good, huh? Yeah, it oh, makes me lovely. look very fancy. She is lovely. Yeah. It makes me look very fancy. Yeah. It looks like it you're does. in the back of a roll somewhere. Uh, it is that. It, we were in, I think it was a Rolls, and the driver, because this is like a half hour drive home from the wedding like the cathedral to we got married in a cathedral obviously uh, to the <laughs> to the castle uh, we went from Inverness Cathedral to you Inverness went to a ca- castle? castle yeah 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 um, look come on she's fancy uh, that's an, you can't there's an owl at our wedding my best man is holding an owl that was Wait, a gag that I that planned Harry Potter I, it was uh, it, uh, the guy gets hired for that I planned that gag my best man gets up he's like oh I don't have the rings and then he pulls out a dead bird from his pocket oh my and then an owl swoops in and he and he, he goes, cheers, mate. Gets the rings off the owl, and the owl flies away. Wow. Yeah, I bu- as soon as we got the date organised, I told my wife, uh, got the owl confirmed. I said, Sorry, how how much was it for the performing owl? I'm like, ignore that fact. It was quite a lot of money to get a trained owl. I was going to ask that, that. How does one even go about doing this? Uh, a man drove up four hours in a van with uh, oh that trained owl. He wow. brings two owls, brings the trained owl, which is very classy, and you know, but gets. <laughs> tired, but right. a diva, the cell. And so, people want photos with the owl. So we, we, <laughs> There's the owl's music. Yeah. We, we, wanted, we wanted photos with the owl. So we have wedding photos of us with the owl. Um, we also have photos of us with the owl with owl poop all over my wife's dress. Oh, because they projectile crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, she, she had she li- little bits of shrew just dripping <laughs> oh. down the lace. Um, but then we all, he brought a funny owl. And we're like, what do you mean a funny owl? He goes, you'll laugh when you see it. He brings this, this decrepit-looking idiot owl. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what's this owl? What's this, the taxonomy of this owl? He's like, this is called a scruffy owl. And you're like, okay. And then everyone takes a photo with this tiny owl, like the size of a canary on their fingers. But the yeah, the big owl was, was great. But yeah, in that Rolls Royce, on the 30-minute drive back from the cathedral, the chauffeur would not shut up. We're like, this is a romantic moment. He, he just had it. I was just uh, talking about it. But yes, but mine wasn't a wedding. It was an Uber to the airport. <laughs> and the guy, we got the life freaking story from this guy the entire ride. You're, yeah. you're, at that point, you're supposed to be turning to your new wife. He's supposed to be talking about forever and, and all of this. Well, yeah. That's your moment. And he kept jumping in. He just in. kept telling us that the back of his head was in season two of The Crown. Because he's, he's like, oh he, he goes, because this car was used in The Crown and only I can drive it. So you could say my crown was in The Crown. We're like, shut up. Yeah. I'm trying to get sexy here. And it, it's you know, one car ride. How much can happen? The other thing was my wife... Uh, just started slagging off our wedding videographer because uh. apparently he'd like burst into the kind of quiet, tranquil serenity oh. of of her makeup in the morning with her with her like bridesmaids. There's right. seven bridesmaids. There's her. Wow. And yeah, I know a lot. Again, yeah. she was like, "No, you can have seven groomsmen." I was like, "I do not have that many friends." <laughs> right. um, but she, he just burst in. He's like, "All right, girls, we're having some fun. We're getting pretty. Getting our makeup or not? Give us a big." smile and so like her maid of honor had to go we love your strong masculine energy but it's quite a quiet private moment right so he left and so she's just slagging him off 
And I'm just there the whole time going, this is nice, this is... I'm glad he can't listen to us. I'm glad that I'm not still mic'd up from the oh ceremony and recording in my pocket. Oh, and, uh, Jesus. So I have to start hand-signalling, going like, shut up. Wow. Uh, and I realise it's recording. And because it's, it's recorded the whole ceremony and, like, we were making jokes and stuff, like, while we were getting married, I didn't want to, like, press stop and, like, worry about deleting it. Right. So when I got to the castle, he went, oh, you've still got my mic. And it's not live broadcast, it was recorded. And I went, um, in the car, we had quite an intimate conversation. I would appreciate if you don't listen to anything after the ceremony. Uh, and he went, I promise you that. I'm like, so if he's heard us, like, he deserves that. Well, yes, but I, I think at that point, I would be incited to absolutely listen. Yeah. Knowing that, you're right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, so what, he's he's there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go into that this early in the morning, but... Uh, yeah. Listen, I wanted to ask about uh, your reputation uh, as a freestyle rapper. That obviously is a big part of uh, of who you are, and uh, and you have. It says here you've garnered over thirty five million views on YouTube because of of your your freestyle skills and all this stuff. I do have a question before we're going to ask you to maybe give us a little sample yeah, yeah. of that because I haven't heard it yet. But I'm I'm on your YouTube channel right now, and uh, who do you handle your YouTube channel? You have someone else. I do, I do handle it. Yes. Okay, because you write things about yourself like uh, freestyle rapper destroys so hard. White guy is freestyle rap beast. I, I don't know if you've been freestyle on the internet. Freestyle rapper takes an awkward audience. If you be, you, you, I can't just go reasonably adequate rap. The internet isn't like, click on this, the most average sized dog you've ever seen. Doctors don't want you to know this uh, kind of normal thing we do. You have to hyperbolize. I know. I, well, I, I, I hyperbolize is, is everything. I follow yeah. other other YouTubers and they were like, you know, uh, she has the most amazing voice in the world. And it's the the, uh, the girl herself it's is writing that about herself. Mm-hmm. But it's to get clicks, obviously. Exactly. You want and also, to I would contend I am the best. <laughs> there you go. I, look, when it, uh, it has been said of me that I am the greatest English freestyle rapper of my generation, it has also been said, I am the only English freestyle rapper <laughs> of my generation. What, what found you being a fan of of a freestyle rap? Uh, so, are, are there? Give us your inspirations yeah. who led you down this path. So, I was I was I was a fan of just rap. Um, I was twelve years old, started listening to it because friends were like, "Hey, you got to listen to Eminem, you got to listen to Dr. Dre and Snoop," and I was like, "This is great." And then my dad bought an Outkast album because he liked uh, Miss Jackson, so. <laughs> I'm like, listen, these are great. And so I would, in my head, in my dumb little suburban white Chris head, I thought that all rap was made up. I just thought that's right. what rap was. I thought it's like, you make up stuff that rhymes. Right. Right. I didn't realize. Freestyle. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. And it's not. It's, right. it's written. And no one, even now, hardly anyone freestyles. Like, if you watch like a freestyle on the radio, it's it's a written thing that's done over a beat. No one, very few people claim to actually improvise. Even that show Rap Battles or whatever, mm-hmm. that they, they, yeah. they'd have them, you know, I'm sorry. No, I'm, no, I'm, it's, written, it's written. Yeah, of course and it's Rap battles, written. like real rap battles are prepared and written. And you have improvised bits where they, yeah. they say something about you, so you you have like a minute to come up with something and come back, and then it's prepared lines. Mm. But I was just making up raps, and then when I kind of got to university, after, you know, six years of rapping for my friends, and right. then they'd just be like, hey, rap about how Mike's pretty fat. Yeah. And then Mike would be like, hey, rap about how blah blah is pretty blah blah. And then you'd do all that. Uh, at university, I started doing improv, and we did these improvised rap games because we were trying to be like, whose line is it anyway? Right. And they're like, Chris, you're really good 
at this. I'm like, oh, am I? Is that hard to do? Uh, it is. Yeah, people can't <laughs> do that. And then I kind of started mixing it with my stand-up, started working on it a bit more. And it became it became central to your mm. your whole thing. Yeah. So what yeah. about uh, Philly native uh, Lil Dicky? Because it, 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 he uh, he's all over the internet with his freestyle raps. Are those freestyle or are those... no? No, Lil, Lil Dicky is very very funny. It's, it's written. It is. Yeah. So yeah, you write. You know, those songs are written. Okay. So yeah. in the moment you're improving, you're taking something uh, that uh, you know is is um, off the cuff, and that's honestly that's the basis of improv. And and as you say, people can be more forgiving with that. But I have have to ask because I was watching a lot of your stuff. It's, it's very impressive. Have you had anybody from the rap world, rap community, come out and, and codify what you're doing here? Or oh gosh, I mean, I, in in New York, being at the Comedy Cellar, which is my home club, the in the Village Underground room, we have a live band. And when I started performing there, the I used to use beats rather than the band because I didn't know the guys. Okay, was, I'd be like, hey, let's just use some backing tracks. And then a couple of weeks in. Like, a couple of the guys from the band were like, hey, you know, you can use us. And I was like, oh, great, cool, I'd love that. And then a couple of weeks later, after working with the band, they were like, you know, we weren't really sure about you. We were like, who's this white British guy coming saying he can rap? <laughs> and then we watched you for a couple of weeks. We were like, oh, no, he's got it. And then yeah. we started playing with you. We were like, wow. oh, no, he knows what he's doing. And then every now and again, they'd be like, hey, you know who I was in this studio today? Insert rapper name. They'd be like, he can't freestyle at all. Oh. Uh, they're like, And I'd be like, hey, you got to check out this guy. Um so that's cool. That's got to be. Really that's got to cool. blow you away. Yeah, working with like session musicians who work with rappers, going like, "Now nah, you've got it." Was was really nice. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's Chris Turner who's going to be at Helium uh, Comedy Club. It's just one show tonight. Uh, so yeah, I, if if you don't mind, we'd like to get a little taste of, of yeah. the freestyle. And so, should we do what your audience does? And, and I mean, offer there's, there's, five, there's five of you, so why not? Uh, why not do that? And and like, I will say, make them exciting and good. Don't just well, say basic stuff. Like I say, don't say food, don't say animals. Well, I was thinking about maybe some of the things we talked about this morning. Sure. Because okay. we had talked about uh, octopus being uh, oh, almost yeah. like human minds. Right. Okay, that so might oct- be octopus brains. Interesting. Fine, yeah. uh, then there's, um, we were talking about Disney uh, uh, for a little while and, and theme parks. Eating at Disney. Um, what Eating else did we talk Disney. about this Whales, morning? Whales uh, were land animals. Do you know any uh, famous Gordons by chance? <laughs> famous yes, we were Gordons. talking about several famous, famous Gordons. Gordons. Okay, yeah. Uh, and what else? Uh, like a paper and pen? I'm scared. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's fine. If I forget, yeah. I'll ask you guys to remind right. me. No, no, no. During the, in the Justine Institute, where we, we had a couple of subjects that we covered in there, some studies. Um, Scientology? There was Sci- one that you Goiters? Hated. Scientology oh, gets wait, rid of like, goiters. Scienti- okay, so Scientology cures goiters. Yeah. Whales were land animals. <laughs> eating at Disney. Octopus uh-huh. brains being equivalent to human. Right. Yep. Um, and then famous, famous Gordons. Gordons. Yeah. Well, do you guys have an instrumental or a beat? Yeah, we, we, do, do, we do. We do. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Well, this is a freestyle based on all those suggestions. To remind you, Scientology curing goiters. Whales being land animals. Famous Gordons. <laughs> octopus brains. And eating at Disney. Um, this is a freestyle by me. And don't worry, it will not be as bad as you're expecting it to be. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do this. Cool. Five topics. We got a lot to discuss. Checking out the cerebellum. Yeah, the octopus. I'll be making my motion through the ocean. My eight tentacles trying to handle my brain as big as yours. Looking at the squids like you better study more, kid. Arithmetic. That's the type of stuff you should have did. I'll be a octopus university. Cephalopod. I'm coming through. I feel the certainty I can escape from any boat. Squeeze through like elastic or jello. See a guy called Ramsey like hello. That's Gordon. He's 
saw him there with the Michelin. Angry man swears a lot. Yeah, neck bristling. He says, what are you, an idiot sandwich? Some other Gordons I can manage. Anthony Gordon. I don't know that name's just coming up. And Flash Gordon. Yeah, fisticuffs. He's a British superstar on the TV. Other facts about this meal's not teeny. Large portions rewarding. Makes you feel sicky when you eat a turkey leg over there with Mickey at Disney. Down there, Orlando, Ron DeSantis. Like, oh no, I'm taking over. I'm in charge of the tax. I feel hungry, so I consume the snacks. Knocking back the amount on Space Mountain, so huge. Next thing we're moving on, can you prove I've got a fact? It's a sweat on my neck, it annoys there, so I pray to get rid of my goiters like L. Ron Hubbard. He's rubbing it, metaphor. Read my Dianetics, that's the stuff I checked before. You can pray, do the little thing where they audit on your sweat glands. Tom Cruise, you never see his goiters there. They're removed even though his teeth aren't quite square. How can they not fix the sticks from his gums? Last one. Thump, 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 thump. That's the huge legs, no fins there on the land. Blowhole in the back. Whales got no hands. Understand, they used to walk just like you. Creatures on the land with the hole out, they blew. No fail with the blue whale. When will you learn? My favorite one with the baleen shouting at sperm. That's a type of whale. I don't mean spermatozoa. That's the early morning freestyle rap flower. Sensational. That's amazing. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Well, it it almost becomes, um, so in a way, it's hilarious, but you're so awestruck by it that you're almost like watching a a solar flare. You know, it's it's like like watching a solar flare. That's a beautiful. I can't believe that's happening. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I was disappointed that none of you were throwing in some. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. There it was for you. So, so let me ask you. <laughs> obviously, you're coming from a comedic end. Have you uh, entertained the notion or have you, in fact, released a, a serious run at a, a rap album? Oh, God, nothing serious. Because what would I rap about, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about this. Coming out of Brooklyn is hard, man. Um, you know, old, old Dirty Bastard has a song about Brooklyn Zoo. I took my daughter to Brooklyn Zoo the other day. It was lovely. Yes. Really nice. Um, not as aggressive as he made it out to seem. Uh, so, so no, I I put out like comedy rap songs, but that's you know that's ah yeah, like there are people who rap much better than I do. So I, I keep in my niche, and my niche is like comedy and freestyle and rap, and you mix it all together, and then you, you dominate your niche. Yeah, it's great, and I, I think that's the way to do it. I I, I would not listen to a, a written serious rap song by me. Okay, I'd all right. Be like that sucks. Well, you know, there's a, there's a piano player. I think his name is Keith Jarrett. I think that's wait, his wait, name. Keith Jarrett is yeah the, the biggest selling solo piano album of all time. And uh, it's, Cologne concert. they're completely improvisational. I wish you'd ask. I wish you'd ask me to rap about right. that. Okay. It's the, it's the, <laughs> now, oh, mate. There's not enough time. Do you really want to bring the Cologne concert? Sure. Okay, cool. No one's going to like this. We'll do it quick. Cool. Off the dome, give it a stab. Keith Jarrett playing the jazz. He was in Cologne on the tour and he had a hankering for food. Wanted to consume, but they're like, Keith, we need the sound check in this room. He arrives playing on the piano. Of course, they're not a Steinway, but a Bessendorfer. The high and low register, the keys were all whack. But the middle, he was like, yeah, I'll give it a... 
crack And they were running it through the track The four on the tape He played for an hour Mate, no mistake Echoed the sound of the opera house bell At the start You can hear the laughter swell Yes, it's my favourite part I believe there's four Including the encore A, B, C, C part two Maybe some more It's sold millions of copies We should stop yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 Everyone knows the Cologne concert by Keith Jarrett and it's the story is that the piano was broken. Yeah, I did not know. I'm familiar with the so concert. He, so he had to play in the middle register all the way through which bec- if you challenge yourself and this is why with freestyle getting five suggestions right. direct the flow. If you said just freestyle I could freestyle forever about just stuff in the room. Right, right. But it's, your brain reacts to the challenge. And so for Keith Jarrett, he was like, well, I can't play low and I can't play high, so I can only play in a, in a few octaves in the middle. And I'm tired and I'm hungry. <laughs> and he enters into this just trance. And right. Like, Keith Jarrett's brilliant, but th- there is something religious in this album because he just... He, he, uh, the, the challenges channel this ability. It's and astonishing. It's fantastic. Yeah. When you listen to the album... It's so perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that, that uh, animated movie, Soul. It kind of touches oh, on that. Oh, so good. Flow. Yeah. It's, it's all about flow. Yeah. And that's what freestyling and is. And losing yourself. I don't yeah. know anything about this. What album is this? So, Keith Jarrett. It's, so, it's K-O-L-N, but it's Cologne. So, okay. um, the, the Cologne concert. And at the start of it, what's really fun is he... Everyone laughs right at the start of the album. And it's because his first motif he plays on the piano is him echoing the bell that the opera house plays to say the concert's starting. So he goes like, dun, 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 dun. And everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And, and you're, if you don't know that, you're like, why are they laughing at him? And then one thing that he does really well is that kind of Glenn Gould-style thing of he hums along to his playing. Right. And th- There's a lot of sounds that he's making. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, oh. he's, he's so brilliant. I There's, don't know this story at all. I am uh, now intrigued. I'm so, going to so go I, check actually, that out I, for I, sure. Preston, I learned about this guy years ago when I was in college. Uh, college or maybe a little bit after there was a friend of mine who was sort of a a savant i think he might have been a little on the on the spectrum i think he would say that but he that was his idol and he would he would sit down and do that at the piano an improvisational now you know there's a certain level with but it it was an amazing thing to watch yeah as i, I give, watch with you i give presentations and talks on creativity and the freestyle rap is a really great way of being creative on command. So my friend, uh, Mads Korsgaard, who's a, a psychologist in Denmark, he... I mean, he's a psychologist everywhere. Yeah, but, yeah, he's, he's Danish. <laughs> but only in Danish. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing out here? Yeah. Um, You're a bricklayer out here. And he, he gives presentations about creativity, and he uses me to demonstrate creativity on command because he goes words everyone can understand whereas you know you're improvising like a jazz musician it's just that you have to understand music theory and jazz and appreciate it to get what a jazz soloist is doing whereas with words we can go wow Preston's a, right. a drummer and yeah and and it's uh, uh there, there's a point where you can and i'm proficient enough where i can improvise yeah. all that i want and and uh you, you just you're not even thinking about it you're just yeah. it's coming it's just, it just whatever comes. it is it happens it's wonderful it's a great place to get lost yeah so flow is when like ability and challenge meet i love that yeah that's why like picking beats like i like to have faster beats because if they're slow then i actually have time to think and what you want is 
time not to think. Mm. So, strangely, it's more challenging to rap over a slower beat than it is oh, a faster. You're speaking my language because that's, we, we have an understanding here, for example, with our dump button. Uh, the, the, the line of thinking is um, for Bill Weston, as our program director, I, I, I'm just going to say it. You can dump on it if you want and take it off the air, basically, you know, if it's, it's an expletive or something. And all of us, you know, but, but if you feel hampered by, I better slow down or I better uh, not say that, then you're going to lose something. Yeah. And that's similar to what you're saying. Yeah. You have to be in the moment and riding it. And, you know, it's why, like, sometimes I'll start a rap and then, like, the beat might cut out or yeah. something happens in the room that you have to stop for. And then if I start again, I'll... I'll switch up what topic I'm starting with the rap, or I'll rap about the same thing but in a different way, because you can't just repeat it because you've got to create a new flow. It's very cool. Well, listen, we thank you for being here this morning. We've had uh, a great time. Thanks for showing off uh, the the freestyle skills. It's incredibly impressive and very entertaining. Thank you. Can you freestyle us out of this press? (laughs) Me? Yeah, Yeah, let me get right on that. (laughs) We'll be back in a minute. Uh, No, thank you for being here, Chris. We appreciate it. Chris Turner, Helium Comedy Club tonight at 8 o'clock. Do not miss the show. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Who's playing where? When? Answer your Philly concert inquiries at WMMR.com. All the shows that rock, all in one place. Just click on our always up-to-date concert calendar at WMMR.com. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoop In and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre And it's brought to you by Sports and Social. Experience the ultimate football party at Sports and Social in live casino and hotel Philly. Cheer on the birds with ticket giveaways and sign merch, halftime contests, Bud Light Towers, free concession snacks, face painting, and more. This very well may be one of the rare occasions that the Bizarre File is only one story long. You have promised us a story that is based on 
hippos. Yes, exactly. All right, so Paul Templer, it's his story. He was living his best life. He was 28 and conducting tours in his native Zimbabwe with a focus on photographic safaris. Templer said that Zimbabwe's guide certification program was rigorous, and there was a lot of pride among the guides who passed. He reveled in showing tourists the area's majestic wildlife, including the water-loving, very territorial hippos. So he wanted an expedition which consisted of six safari clients. And he said things were going the way they were supposed to go. Everyone was having a pretty good time. Eventually, they came across a pod of about a dozen hippos. They were alarmed as they, uh, at first, as they were at a safe distance, or I'm sorry, they weren't alarmed. Uh, But he said, we were getting closer, and I was trying to take evasive action. The idea was, let's just paddle safely around the hippos. Well, Templer's canoe led the way with the other two canoes and kayak to follow. He pulled into a little channel waiting on the others, uh, but the third canoe had fallen back from the group and was off of the planned course. He said, suddenly, there's this big thud, and I see the canoe, like the back of it, catapulted up into the air. And Evans, the guide in the, in the back of the canoe, catapulted out of the canoe. The clients managed to remain in the canoe somehow or another. Evans was in the water, and he said the current is uh, washing Evans towards the mama hippo and her calf about 150 meters away. So I know that I've got to get him out quickly. I don't have time to drop my clients off. He yells to Ben, one of the other guides, to retrieve the clients who were in the canoe that had been attacked. Ben got to the clients and safely got him onto a rock in the middle of the river that hippos couldn't climb. So it was a hippo that attacked that canoe and launched him out. Yes. Meanwhile... Templer turned his canoe around to get Evans. The plan was to pull alongside of him and pull him into Templer's canoe. He said, I was paddling towards him, getting closer, and I saw this bow wave coming towards me. He says, if you've ever seen any of those old movies with a torpedo coming toward the ship, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like that. I knew it was either a hippo or a really large crocodile coming at me. He said, but I also knew that if I slapped the blade of my paddle on the water, that's really loud, and the percussion underwater seems to turn the animals away so I slapped the water and as it was as I was it was supposed to do the torpedo wave stops he said he was getting closer to Evans but they were also getting closer to the female and calf he said I'm leaning over it's kind of a made for Hollywood movie Evans said he said Evans is reaching up our fingers almost touched, and then the water between us just erupted. It happened so fast, I didn't see a thing. And what happened next was nightmarish and surreal. Listen to this description, okay? He said, my world went dark and strangely quiet. And he said, it took a few seconds to figure out what's going on. He said, from the waist down, I could feel the water. I could feel I was wet in the river. But from my waist up, it was different. It was I was warm, and I wasn't wet like the river, but I wasn't dry either, and it was just incredible pressure on my lower back. I tried to move around, and I couldn't, and I realized I was up to my waist down a hippo's throat. You're as good as dead. He was inside of the hippo's mouth. Hippos kill more animals in Africa than any other animal. He said, I'm guessing I was wedged so far down its throat, it must have been uncomfortable because he spat me out. So I burst to the surface, sucked a lung full of fresh air, and I came face to face with Evans, the guide who I was trying to rescue, and I said, we got to get out of here. But Evans was in serious trouble. Templar started swimming back for him, and I was just moving in for your classic lifesaver hold when wham, he said, I got hit from below. So once again... I'm up to my waist, down in the hippo's throat. So this twice. time, my legs are trapped, but my hands were free. He got him the other way. The other way. Yes. 
So he tried to go for his gun, but he was being thrashed around so much that he couldn't grab it. He said the hip, uh, that the hippo, uh, which turned out to be an older, aggressive male, spat Templar out a second time. Think that's enough, right? right? No. Said this time when I came to the surface, I look around, there's no sign of Evans. Templar assumed that Evans had been rescued and he tried to escape himself. He said, I'm making pretty good progress and I'm swimming along and then I come up for the stroke of swimming freestyle and I look under my arm and until this dying day, I'll remember this. There's this hippo charging in towards me with its mouth wide open, bearing in before he scores a direct hit. This time, Templar was sideways in the hippo's mouth, legs dangling out one side of the mouth, shoulders and head on the other side of its mouth. And by the way, their teeth are gigantic. And sharp. Yes. I said, and uh, then he just goes berserk. When the hippos are fighting, the the way that they fight is they try to tear apart uh, and just destroy whatever it is they're attacking. Yeah, yeah. He said, when I would, when he'd go under the water, I'd hold my breath. When we were on the surface, I would take a deep breath and I would try to hold on to the tusks that were boring through me to stop from me from being ripped apart. And he figures the whole attack took about three and a half minutes long. Three and a half minutes? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the apprentice guide, Mac, uh, in the safety kayak was showing incredible bravery. He said, risking his life to save mine, he pulls his boat in inches from my face. Templar managed to grab a handle on the kayak and Mac dragged me to the relative safety of this rock. The expedition was still one hell of a mess, though, he said. My left foot was especially bad. It looked as if someone had tried to beat a hole through it with a hammer. He couldn't move his arms. One arm from his elbow down was crushed to a pulp. He said blood was bubbling out of his mouth. Uh, They realized his lung was punctured. Uh, Mac rolled Templar over. He said we could see a gaping hole in his back and plugged it with saran wrap from a plate of snacks that they had. Snackables. He was loaded into a canoe, been paddled, the hippo kept bumping the canoe. He went from being terrified to calm on that ride back. He said it took eight hours to drive him to the nearest hospital. Eight hours he's falling apart like this. Uh, in a month's time, he had several major surgeries. He thought that he would lose a leg and both arms. The surgeons didn't think he'd live. But not only did the surgeons save his life, but they saved his legs and one arm. The other arm, however, was beyond salvation. And it didn't. So he didn't uh, get away with that. So they had to amputate. But... That's one of the most incredible stories I've ever read. We're this looking at uh, was pictures. Take, was taken into the hippo's mouth three times. Whoa. Waist up, waist down, and sideways, and managed to live the tale. Should tell, be dead. To tell the tale. Should be dead. Unbelievable. By the way, they swim incredibly fast. Yes. Yeah. I do. would never canoe around them. Uh, you've seen footage of, of like power boats trying to elude them. In fact, we're looking at footage right now of people in a power boat, and, and the hippo underwater is sort of keeping pace. Yeah, they're very buoyant underwater. So, uh, like I told you, was that worth it for a one story? It's pretty file? amazing. Right there. So, dude survived. Can't believe it. All right, and there you go. That's Hippos, man. In <laughs> the bizarre file. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Hang out. Tomorrow, get ready to rock your holiday socks off. It's Pierre Robert's Christmas Radio Spectacular. Hours and hours of the best and most festive songs and special season's greetings from rock's best bands. The holiday happiness continues all weekend, leading up to another special moment on these airwaves. Join in the fun with Jackie Bam Bam's annual Santa Tracker show Sunday night as the big man prepares for landing in our area Christmas morning. That just makes the holidays better. Like vodka. What? Huh? Merry Christmas from the station always sneaking a peek at the presents. 93.3 WMMR. 
everything that rocks your holidays. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Which is brought to you by Valley Forge in Montgomery County, PA. Plan your holiday shopping trip to one of Montco's shopping destinations, including the King of Prussia Mall. Visit valleyforge.org for more. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, 50-year-old Real Housewives of Miami star Lars Pippen is opening about opening up about who asked her to stop posting nude pictures on OnlyFans. In a recent interview, Pippen reveals it was the world. Oh, oh my God. Former, former The Hill star Adrena Partridge is dating producer Jared Einstein and says she adores how he's not phased by her fame. Partridge says to him, she's just someone who appeared on a short-lived reality show 16 years ago that virtually no one cares about. <laughs> And finally, Drew Barrymore explaining her Christmas tradition of not giving her two daughters, Olive and Frankie, any Christmas gifts. Barrymore says it's very important that the girls learn what it means to have a cheap mother. He is promoting a new special. It's called A Seat at the Table. It comes out Monday, May 1st, and it's on The Grio. Yes, you obviously know him from The Daily Show and many other things. Please welcome Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Good morning, Roy. How the heck have you been? It's been a minute, man. It, it, it has. has. It yeah. has, man. We always love having you come in the studio for a visit, and it's been a while, but you've been busy with this new special. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. Thank you, man. We're just trying our best to party our asses off <laughs> on the federal tax dollar guys. <laughs> <laughs> like billionaire. Big shout out to Byron Allen with the Grio. Yeah. You know what's funny, Roy, is I remember Byron Allen years ago, and sometimes, you know, you you bring up uh, his name in conversation, you see it pop up in the trades, and and I remember saying to Preston, is that the same Byron Allen who was, you know, stand-up years ago? And real people. And real people. He has become a juggernaut. Unbelievably successful. Yeah, man. And what is the first thing a black man does when he becomes a billionaire? Throws a party. (laughs) (laughs) Like Diana Ross. It was either that or start a vodka line. These kids were honoring people. (laughs) So Diana Ross. Wow, man. That's cool. But I mean, it's it's wild. I I should change my tone. That sounded very anti-black. I'm here to promote black. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. (laughs) how, How close are you with Byron? Oh, we're good, man. You know, Byron Allen did a lot for young stand-up comedians, you know, in his time in L.A. He had a show called Comics Unleashed, right? Yes. And he would put you on that, give you a couple thousand bucks, which was more than what most networks were paying. And that thing would air over and over and over. I've had more people come up to me in the street. Of a, up until when I got the Daily Show, that was what most people knew me from. Wow. Like, I don't know what time it comes on. I don't know what channel, but I see you. Know, like I come on right before the Chuck Norris exercise commercial. <laughs> <laughs> the total gym? <laughs> uh, you know, I have to also say this. You know, it, it was cool seeing you hosting the, uh, the the Daily Show, you know, doing your, your week. You're, uh, you're a fan favorite. Um, is there any inclination... Any tip? Any what do you? What's the word? The skinny, as they say. Uh, All I know, man, is that they're going to keep bringing in new quarterbacks to work with the coach. <laughs> right. Between now and the end of June, and I think on the other side of that, I think they'll make a decision. I don't think this is something they're going to do into perpetuity, but 
you know, it's it's cheaper, it's fun, ratings are up. So, you know, I get it. You were with Trevor for seven years. You want to date around and go through a little <laughs> bit of a slutty phase. So, you know, hey, you're happy you to gotta be. do Daily Show. I'll be here on the other side when you're done dating around. Please go take an STD test. I don't trust that Please. here. Roy, do you think that they would ever uh, pull, like, a Jeopardy model? Because I love you, and I also love Jordan Klepper. And if you guys maybe co-hosted sort of like Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings on doing Jeopardy. Do you think they'd ever go that route, or do you think it's going to be one person? I don't know, but my issue with the Jeopardy model is that you kind of oscillate between the two. If I did something with Clapper, I'd want to be there beside him on some weekend updates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can co-host. That way we can ping pong together. Yeah. I don't know if they'll say that we're just kind of copying Shay and Jost at that point, so I don't know how we navigate around those comparisons, but, you know, anything that can freshen up how we deliver new satire, I think, is a good thing. You know, it's wild that you mentioned that because there there are so many, you know, the, the the huge, the amount of content, you know, whether it be on, you know, streaming services or whatever and comedians and comedic shows and stuff like that. And you, you raise a good point. You, you, I guess, you know, you're an original unto yourself and then you have an established career. But it, I, I think it always probably has to be something that anyone at any level has to say, am I, do I appear to be too much like this? or that? Is that something that you are cognizant of? Um, A little bit, but at the end of the day, like, I'm trying my best to just remain with the show, but also I want to see the show evolve creatively because, you know, to to the whole, to that whole point of there being such a glut of content out there, I just think it's important that if we're, if we're talking about parroting the news, then I want to make sure we're doing things in a way that people consume the news. Right. You know, and I think that's the hardest thing to really capture. I mean, you know, you have regular people now with camera phones that are essentially reporters. Like, when you think of most of the videos that have moved this nation in the last... 10 years, most were not shot with tripods. Citizen journalists. Yeah, most definitely. Citizen journalists. And so, you know, people, like, whether you like it or not, like, you know, the country's so odd in a way that we've all been drafted into either being a good Samaritan or a good journalist. Right. It, it, it is it is wild, yeah, it's, to process. You know, it's funny, you mentioned with The Daily Show itself, we had Craig Kilborn on a couple of years ago, and, and, uh, and I happened to look back at the earliest incarnations of The Daily Show, and, and I mean, it's the other end of the spectrum in, in the approach to what it's become. Uh, were you, were you, uh, uh, you weren't associated with the show during uh, that period, were you? No, Trevor was my first in. I auditioned in 07 and totally crapped the bed. This is how I knew I didn't get it. I accidentally left my keys in the in the audition room. Oh, no. Which meant I had to listen to the person after me audition. Oh. Oh. And that person destroyed. Oh. Oh, my Lord, they destroyed. Like, when they walked out the room, everybody was still laughing and giggling at the great time they just had. And then I walked my ass back in the room, and everybody got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Did that person oh get the job? What are you doing here? I'm going to lift my keys, kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, 
Roy, I wanted to ask about uh, a seat at the table, and you know, I was reading that it's you know, there's interviews, there's uh, uh, power players and political uh, you know types and celebrities and so on. And what's the format? How is this going to roll out? What can we expect? So it'll air Monday, May 1st, and basically what it is, you know, during the White House Correspondents Dinner on that Saturday night, Byron Allen throws a nice gala, and, you know, it's all types of A-listers in the room, you know, and we basically, we're going to honor a couple of uh, great black journalists that we think have done a great job this year, um, and the wonderful, great Diana Ross is going to sing and serenade everybody. Oh, my God. going to put the best parts of it on television on Monday, May 1st on the Grio. And the Grio is kind of a newer channel. Like, yep. it's been around, but, you know, it's an African-American focus. It's lifestyle, entertainment, like... It's like hard news at like seven o'clock at night. Like you're not getting that at DT or any other network. So it's definitely just folks having a good ass time right. in tuxedos that they pray that they don't get no marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Ross, though, I mean that's that's a score. That's pretty huge. Yeah, I yo, I if I take my mom to this. <laughs> It will be the perfect repaying if I can get my mom to meet Diana Ross. <laughs> I'm just going to date myself, and I do not care. Yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, 1984. My mother waited at service merchandise for a day, waiting for the truck to arrive so she could get me the black Voltron lion. Oh, my God. So that I could build Voltron. <laughs> If I can repay her in yes. any way, there you go. It would be a picture with Diana Ross. Roy, right. I, I, I re you, you reminded me of service merchandise where you'd go in and you had the pencils and you'd write. That's what you do. You'd fill out your order, right? And 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 they, and they, they would pull it out of the stock in the back. That's how it worked, yeah. correct? Yeah, but if you had a friend that worked in stock, you would get an order sheet and you would write telephone, and then you'd leave with television. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I want to go back to the Voltron. So, did you have all five robots? Oh, yeah. Oh, Dude. Yeah. He found the Black Voltron at a time where that was like trying to find Jordans today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and by the way, like I'm on on StockX and I'm on the the, the Nike app and and I I put in for for the dunks and the pant you know and all that every and I Nothing. never no and I don't know anybody that gets through I don't know how you can compete because there's so many people on the inside that are buying <laughs> shoes you know for the secondary market I, I feel like it's unfair do, 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 do you have any uh, Jordans right do you, do you have any no, I don't have I don't have a guy if that's what you ask and I have to overpay just like the next person <laughs> yeah. then. Then when I wear them, somebody goes, how'd you get them? You got a guy. No, yeah, you're famous. I'm like, no, I'm on basic cable. I'm on comedy. <laughs> Our lead in is office reruns. Right. True. Right. I don't have a guy. Now, if you see me on Abbott Elementary, oh, I got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Roy, we appreciate you checking in. By the way, if you ever need work under a pseudonym, it's got to be Black Voltron because yes. yeah. that would be a great name. Ah, <laughs> All right, well, listen, good luck with everything. And we'll see you in Philly because you're going to be at uh, Punchline June 12th. Yes, so. for your anniversary, Preston. Yeah. yeah, I'll be around that way at some point. All right, man. Thanks, Roy. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right. And he's gone. Roy Jr. All right. I love that. That's great, man. Wow. So we're going to take a break. Stay with us. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.
Shopify helped businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.